Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Super Fun Time Club. I'm your host, Stephen, and with me this week, I have got Dave. Hello there. And Steve. Hey, hey, hey. So let's start with uh, what we've been playing since the last show. So it's been a couple of weeks. Um, Dave, do you want to start, start us off? Okay, so I, I think the only thing I've been playing any sort of um, volume of is 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 Morty Commas, uh, more commonly known as Mortal Kombat 11. Um, I picked this up because um, there's uh, been a couple of uh, Steam friends um, that seem to be playing a lot of it. Um, it it's never been my favourite fighting game, Mortal Kombat, um, but uh, sort of the the prospect of some competition led me to pick it up, and uh, I, I think I'd be doing quite well in the. I've spent less than ten hours on it so far, but I'm, I'm reaching a point where I can, you know, I can take the odd round of uh, of, of my Steam friends, of which uh, Steve is one here, so. And is, is Morty Commons a name that you've come up with, or is this a, a well-known name in the Mortal Kombat industry? I, I think that's uh, what its uh, fans affectionately refer as it to. That's, that's how I understand it. Right, yeah, Steve? Well, uh, I don't know. I've always just called it Morty Combers. <laughs> I think that might be something I've made up. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I still don't... Um, I, I mean, the, the, the stage that I'm at, I, I don't feel like I sort of really like it sort of more than the other fighters that I've, I've played a lot. Um, I'm, I'm of a Street Fighter guy in Mortal Kombat. It, it still can feel stiff and a bit restrictive. It's got to focus on combos, which I always have trouble pulling off. Mm. Yeah. Okay, we well, don't uh, talk too much about Mortal Kombat because we did, we did go into great detail on it on the previous podcast. Um, okay. If they want to go check out the previous podcast, Dave, where can they do that? Uh, so, yeah, I've... Um, I've I've got a little blurb that I can read out. So if if you want to um, check out our podcast, you can go to at Funtime Club on Twitter, and um, we, we've always got our latest podcast pinned. But uh, if you search down a little bit, where we got our previous ones, and that's it. I don't. We we we're not on Facebook anymore. Someone booted we've, us off. We've, we've come off Facebook because it sucks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> Bring back MySpace. <laughs> okay, well, I've been I've been playing a, a quite a few stuff, um, mainly one game in particular, but I will talk about the others as well. Um, so, we, uh, me and my wife tried out the Stretchers. Have you guys heard of that one? I've never no, heard that one. No. Okay, so the Stretchers it's it's similar to Overcooked, I guess. The purpose of the game is that you're a couple of uh, medics and you've got to go around and put people on stretchers and put them in the back of your ambulance or whatever. But those are like weird physics-based stuff, and um, you're constantly dropping people and falling in the sea and all sorts of stuff. This is a bit of a, a, a genre into itself now, isn't it? The sort of physics-enabled multiplayer um, sort of cooperative game. Yeah. So um, yeah, we, we had a quick we had a quick go on that. Um, did a couple of levels. Um, the I guess the extra bit that it's got that Overwatch Overwatch Overcooked doesn't have um, is that you can. You drive an ambulance in between levels to get to the next levels, but it's like a a racing game kind of thing, uh, which is actually quite fun, but pointless because there's no like reason to get there quick. Um, you just drive around and be destructive. Yeah, so it was all right. I, I saw pretty decent reviews of it. I've had it a while. I thought we'd give it a go, and yeah, it was all right. I don't know if I don't know if we'd go back to it to be honest. I, won't, I don't think I'd recommend it um, unless you're desperate for some sort of two-player co-op game and. There's not much else for you to do. Yeah, fun in small doses. Yeah, fun in small doses. Yeah. 
Um, other than that, I've been playing um, so Red Alert Two Years Revenge. Um, we, we, I think we, we've all had a game of that together. Um, I had a game with my brother the other day, and we finally sorted out the server issues. So there's basically, I think either we were using the wrong server when we were playing, um, or it's my me creating the game is a problem. But uh, we created he created one yesterday on a different server, and we didn't have any lag issues or anything. Yeah, I, I had a game with that, of that with you the other day, didn't I? And, uh, I've, I've never used CNC Net before. I, I don't think to get into a game, but it, it does seem like a you know, a really good um, app for finding and joining games. It seems quite stable. If you get kicked out, it'll try rejoin. It, it's pretty nifty. Yeah, there's quite a lot of people, uh, quite a lot of people using it as well. So it's definitely got a uh, still a, a strong fan base. To say it's 21 years old now, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I've been enjoying a few games of that. Um, I've been playing uh, the Messenger. Are you guys familiar with that game? Um, it rings a bell. Just explain, explain it. So I, I feel like I mean, Dave, especially. I feel like you would both like the Messenger. So the Messenger is basically um, uh, a platform slash Metroidvania game. Uh, so the it starts off your um, it's an, like an eight bit platformer where you're basically a messenger and you've got to take a message to someone um and basically you 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 get little upgraded powers as you go so you start off just being able to jump and strike and then you've got like a ninja style it's, it's quite shinobi in a way you kind of got a ninja style you can throw um you can do like you can cling to walls um and climb walls you get like a wingsuit so you can float down and stuff but uh basically the hook to it is that once you so i think it's about three or four hours in uh, when you deliver the message, and it kind of feels like it's the end of the game, but then instead of it being the end of the game, it then you then it then turns into a 16-bit Metroidvania game. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, um, you basically in the future you've now got a hat on, and you can sort of um, switch between future and past. So you can switch between the 16-bit and the 8-bit, which you, you have to do quite a bit to get to various areas. There's bits where you'll like jump through a portal and then there's a wall there and then you jump through a portal and there's a wall there and that kind of thing. So the, the kind of similar to um Titanfall two or uh Guacamele, if you've played either of those, they've got they've got similar sort of uh reality switching pl- platforming mechanics. I mean I mean yeah. spoilers, but uh, did did you know this twist before you went in? Yeah I did I did hear I didn't chance I didn't even notice it. Like I knew it was coming. And yeah, because I'd heard that it turned into a, a 16-bit Metroidvania once you got to a certain bit, and it did the the bit where it flips from an 8-bit to 16-bit. And I think because I'd been playing it handheld 8-bit, and then I chose to play it 16-bit, and it must have been a similar time, so I didn't notice that it suddenly changed into a 16-bit game. And and I was just waiting for it to happen. I was like, man, that, when does it turn into a 16-bit game? And I started thinking, this is actually pretty good looking for an 8-bit game, and then. Um, I'd started getting the Metroidvania bits, and then I popped into the portal, and it switched to eight bit, and I was like, "All oh, right, it's already done that bit." <laughs> so I like to think um, it'd be, it would have been more surprising if I didn't know about it, and I was aware it actually happened. I'm I, I going to say, to be honest, uh, now that you've uh, explained it a bit, I have seen I have seen this game, um, and it does look really good. It looks really interesting, actually, um, and I think even from the trailers, it, it flips between the eight bit and the normal bit so it's not like a surprise or anything like that yeah it, it was free on um on uh, epic game store a while back I, I got it on that originally and then i decided to buy it on switch half price because i wanted to carry on with it and I, I don't generally play platformers on pc very much 
Yeah, um, I, I do have it on the Epic Store, actually. Uh, I picked it up while it was free, but I, I've not actually got around to playing it yet. But the way you're describing it makes it um, sound like something that I should get into quite soon. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, just, just as a platformer, before you even get to the Metroidvania, it totally holds up as like a brilliant platformer. Um, mm. it's the, 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 the jumps and the, the kind of... Uh, stuff you've got to do is you get like a grappling hook as well so you've kind of got to jump off wall throughout your grappling hook uh, you also get an extra jump when you when you strike something which is brought in quite a lot so you're having to like strike en- enemy projectiles and then jump uh to to where there's just spikes below you so if you miss the enemy projectile you've no jump and then you're dead so, so you chain yeah, all combos together and things yeah like it's, it's um it's tough to go away and come back to um i'll definitely i'll check that out yeah for sure yeah, definitely. I will. Good, good. And then the main one I've been playing is uh, Legends of Runeterra. Um, so that came out on mobile. Uh, I think it was just after we recorded the last show. That's um, right. Yeah, it was the came, end, of, end of the month. Yes, it came out a couple of days after we we recorded the last show, and I've pretty much been playing that like constantly. Uh, the fact that it's on my phone, my iPad, and PC. Um, I've probably been playing like 10 hours a day or something ridiculous. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I've got myself up to a, a nice gold rank three on that one. Very nice. Um, I've just I've just finished one of the paths on it. Um, we did we did talk about Legends of Return last year, so I won't go into too much detail. Yeah. Um, you can go back and listen. But, yeah, so, yeah really enjoying it. Enjoying it. Um, I've finally managed to build the second deck that's, that can hold up at that level. I was... I was kind of getting a bit bored because I had one deck that was doing really well, but whenever I tried a new one, um, I couldn't quite do it. But to be fair, my new deck's not massively different to my old deck. It's just I've kind of got the same foundations, but with different end games. Yeah. You've been playing much Rune Terracy? I have, actually. Yeah, I've been playing quite a bit of it. It's a very good um, isolation game, really, because you've got nothing much going on through the day, so you might as well just either grab your phone or tablet and play it. Um, I'm on your silver two. I've had to put it down recently because I was uh, I was just playing too much of it. If, if anything, um, yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, um, I, I've got quite a few new decks which I need to proper pad out and test. Um, because of the new release of the the deck, the Bilgewater deck, I've been trying to build up a Bilgewater kind of uh, uh, one a, a smashing deck, which uh, um, is going well so far. Um, I, I seem to be winning more than losing. But um, when I got to, I think it was Silver 2, I'd, I'd put it down and thought, right, let's uh, let's have a bit of a break and play something else. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I deleted it the first time, because I was just getting yeah. too addictive. It uh, is. And I was like, I don't want to be sat on my PC playing it all the time. But now it's on everything, I'm just happily playing it all the time. Yeah, yeah. It sounds dangerous. Yeah, oh, it's very dangerous. Yeah, it's very, like, yeah. the fact that you can just, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have a quick go on the toilet. I'm like, oh, I'm just on the toilet. I'll have a quick game of Rune Terror. Next thing I know, my legs have gone numb. Uh, I got piles. What piles? I have to call for help to come get me off the toilet because I've been on there for hours. Oh. Um, yes, it's a d- dangerous game, but a very for good your one. bowels. For your think, bowels. I do think uh, anybody listening, or or even you, Dave, you should uh, check it out. I know you're not that into card games, but um, it's got a nice uh, back and forward kind of attack and defense strategy to it, and I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, um, I I've considered it. Um, I think it might fall into the group of games that I feel like I'm a little bit too far behind on now to to join in, if that makes sense. I mean, it's only been out less than two weeks. I think you'd be all right. Yeah, but um, like you say, you've probably got, what, 100 hours plus on it already? 
Yeah, but you're I, not, I'm not going to make up that gap. Yeah, but it's not a competition, Dave. We're not saying play it so you can. It is a competition, Steve. We're not saying play it so you can become <laughs> as good as me. You just play it to enjoy the game. That's you crazy talk. You don't, you don't like you. You say Rocket League, you refuse to play Rocket League for ages, and then you finally started playing it. But you could have been playing it with us, but you refused. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm too, too far behind now. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you one room tearing in about three years. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just uh, play it before it dies. That's always a good. With uh, on new online games, play them when they come out because they might not be around forever. Plus, for Interiors, it's very RNG. It's very your decks that you draw are quite randomised when you when you're playing a game. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just salty nobody got into Gwent when I when I suggested it. Get over bloody Gwent! I'm just going to sit here with my Gwent on this podcast now, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no more mentioning of Gwent on the Super Fun Time Club. I can assure listeners that we've had so many complaints, Dave. Everyone's writing in. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I say it now. But I wonder if um, Steve's going to go back and edit it and bleep it out. Yeah, you damn right, damn right I am. Hello. 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 Oh, you've ruined it. Yeah. Nice, of you, nice of you to join us. I'm literally on every single social media platform, on every single thing online. Why did no one message me? What are you on about? I did. Dave message. I sent you a WhatsApp message. I got a WhatsApp message from Dave saying, Oliver, you do this. <laughs> that's a, that's the total of the conversations that's happened. Dave's our social media manager. That's exactly the kind of uh, high-tech social media skills you should expect from him. Shall, shall, we, shall we just roll with this? Shall we just roll with it? Yeah, we'll just roll with it. Basically, the segments you've missed are just uh, what we've been playing. Uh, so I'll, uh, I'll ask you now, and if you want to just talk about what you've been doing since for the last two weeks. Okay. Last two weeks. It's been two weeks since we last did a podcast. Was it? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I've lost all sense of time. <laughs> okay. All right. So, what about you, Oliver? What have you been uh, playing this last couple of weeks since the last podcast? Obviously, you know it's been two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's been exactly two weeks. I think. Um, uh, I've been playing a lot of the Valorant beta that came out. Uh, I think about three weeks ago now. Uh, been smashing through some of that. Ranked came out recently, so I've been trying to climb up the ranks. Uh, if you've not come across Valorant, it's uh, Riot who do League of Legends mainly. It's their new first-person shooter that's a bit of a mix between Counter-Strike and Overwatch. Slash Rainbow Six Sacks, I think. Do they do Runeterra as well? Is that the same people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, they're busy, aren't they? Oh, mm. yeah, they're absolutely smashing some games out at the moment. They've got, like, I think they've got a fighting game in the works as well. It's the same universe as those games as well, isn't it? No, Rune Terror and League of Legends not. are in the same universe. Uh, Valorant's totally different. <laughs> Can't imagine Braum with a sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, I mean, there's Caitlyn who does have a sniper rifle in League, but yeah, sure. But yeah, I've uh, been uh, smashing some of that. Um, that's what I've been playing. I honestly can't. Oh yeah, I recently played. I played through Mortal Kombat 10 story. Just so that I can then refresh myself for Mortal Kombat 11. Um, so I've been playing through that. Just started playing Mortal Kombat 11, so I don't have massive opinion on that yet. But 10 was good. I thought the story yeah. was quite good in 10. Everyone's rocking Mortal Kombat at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. It's uh, Steve's fault. It is, unfortunately. Yeah. It's good, though. It's good. The story, the story in uh, the last two Mortal Kombat's have just been on point. Been, been really good. Yeah, it's actually like good character development and um, like good like overall story arcs and stuff like that. And the way it actually tells it's quite it's decent enough. I don't, I, don't, 
shove some of the fighting in there a little bit, but I just don't think I'll ever care about a story in a fighting game. Just not. Uh, just the, Warner Brothers did really good with it, like this and um, what is it, Injustice? Yeah, storylines are brilliant. I recently watched Injustice two because I want to go through the storyline in that because I remember one was quite good. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, well. Just not what I play a fighting game for. I'd I'd play it online. I don't I don't care about fighting the computer for some story. I've got to agree with you there, to be honest. But then again, I've I've not really played a fighting game with a good story. Um, um, maybe Mortal Kombat could change my mind if we were to go through single player. Who knows? Was I mean, a story to be Mortal Kombat or Injustice. Uh, it's not obviously. Well, I I mainly play online as well, but it's just it's nice to have a story that's pretty decent in a fighting game. I mean, I think it was like because obviously the, when I was growing up, there was no online, and you, so you had to just play uh, the story, and that's what kind of made the Tekken series so good to me. Cause the, the story was quite interesting, whereas yeah. Street Fighter didn't really have anything. Mortal Kombat didn't really have anything. So right. Calibur had stories, I think, didn't it? Yes, yeah, so yeah, Tekken and Soul Calibur both had both had stories, they were bo- and they were both really well done. But then when the later ones have come out, because they've got online play, I've not really needed the story, so I've just ignored it and just played online. Because that's generally what I'd want to do, just test my skills, get better at it, rather than, yeah, rather than have a story. It's never any kind of preparation for playing online, is it? Playing against AI, it's a, mm. it's a different kettle of fish, really. Um, you learn how to beat the AI rather than learning the uh, how to play against another human. Yeah, I find it's a, it can be a hindrance, if anything. Like you go in thinking, oh, this will work, and then try it against a normal person. Like, oh, yeah, no, they just block that. You get so. the moves down, uh, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. not the same thing most of the time. No, 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 I'll know. We'll move on to the Mario Land segment of the, this uh, podcast. So basically, Super Mario Land, the reason that we're talking about this is because I'm sure you've mentioned it a few times, Dave, as like, basically, I'm not a big Game Boy fan. And um, you you think the Game Boy is very good, don't you, Dave? That was, uh... I do think the Game Boy is very good, yeah. Whereas I think it's one of the worst handhelds ever made. Uh, yeah. Mainly for, I think Tetris is very good. Oh. I think I think Pokemon's very good, and Link's Awakening is very good, and then that's it. That's that's your lot for the Game Boy. Whereas the rest, I could easily have a top twenty-five. So uh, one of the ones that gets mentioned of why it's very good is Super Mario Land, which I've never been a big fan of. So, uh, but then I remember that I've not actually played more than the first level, so I wanted to actually give it more of a go rather than just um, saying it looks like. Well, I kept getting confused between that and Mario Land 2, the six golden coins, because I was thinking this one was quite zoomed in, and then when I've played it, it's not zoomed in. That's that's mm. the that's the golden coins. Yeah, Mario Land 2 is like that, isn't it? And first yeah. appearance of Wario as well, which is its claim of fame. Yeah, indeed. So um, before we get into Mario Land, I do want to talk about six golden coins. Have you, have you played that one as well, then, Dave? Yeah, I... Um, I... Streamed the entirety of Mario Land and a few levels of Six Golden Coins uh, last night on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Asterita, A-S-T-E-R-E-T-A. Um, and which do you think is the better of the two? I, I think almost certainly Six Golden Coins is. Um, okay. it, it, it's funny, um, so you, you're mentioning sort of, you, you had the impression that I was a big fan of Mario Land. I'm, I'm not really. I'm much more of a fan of Mario Land 2. Right. 
It, it was certainly good to uh, supplement to uh, sort of uh, the, the mainline uh, Nes Mario games at the time. I, I, I still, I still think that. Um, I, I think even back then, I, th- I thought it was fine. I, I think by then, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 for the NES came out at a very similar time. Uh, I want to say 1988 uh, for both games. Um, so I think by that time, there would have been a little bit of... What, Mario uh, Brothers 3, Mario. 1988? Are you mental? I think so. No way. Um, I'd, I'd fact-check, but I don't know. I have loads of typing. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, on, on yeah, it was... It- it was in Japan, but yeah, over here we didn't get to ninety one. Okay, right, yeah, but so anyway, you wouldn't have known so, about it. <laughs> even so, I, th- I think I had a Game Boy as a kid after I played Super Mario Brothers three. I might have got the timeline mixed up a little bit, but I'm pretty sure I played it afterwards. So there might have been a little bit of Mario fatigue and uh, an element of going back to uh, a much simpler game um, in Mario Land than than Super Mario Brothers three was. Interesting, you should mention that really because I remember getting my. I remember the day that I got my Game Boy. Um, the first yeah, you had the sweet um, transparent one, didn't you? Uh, the transparent one, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just stop for a second there. The sweet transparent one. I don't mean the, the awful transparent one. Exactly. All, it was cool. All consoles that are transparent are disgusting. That's that's why they, don't, that's why they, tent, they choose to put covers on them and don't just give you them without a cover on because no one wants to see the insides. I was, I was so popular due to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's my claim. Claim to my, all my friends. That's I've, I've always hated them. I've never, never liked transparent consoles. Just so I, I had the uh, transparent Xbox, um, and uh, horrible, horrible. Yeah, yeah. Carry, carry on. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I remember the day that I got my uh, sweet transparent uh, Game Boy, and it came with uh, Super Mario Land. Um, so it was, and I can't remember actually playing Super Mario Three prior to it. Maybe it was out, but maybe I was too young. But I remember getting quite into Super Mario Land. I remember playing it, leaning, you know, leaning towards the light because you can't see anything on a Game Boy. <laughs> yeah. So I think the fact that because I've I've no nostalgia for it. I never I didn't have a Game Boy until uh, Pokemon Blue came out. That was the first ever Game Boy game I played, other okay. than like around at someone's house. So um, yeah, no nostalgia for it. I can only go uh, purely on how. Good, I believe it is when I knew about video games, mm. um, and yeah. So, so, so everything, so everything, um, like, like Tetris, for example, I can go back. I didn't play that originally, but going back and playing that, I can see it's a fantastic handheld game. Whereas Mario Land, prior to this week, um, I'd, I never had that impression. But um, yeah, I'm going to discuss my impressions from what I've played of it since since I've actually given it a proper go, rather than dismissing it as. Uh, Poor man's Mario, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, probably best mentioned. I don't really, I don't think Super Mario Brothers is a very good game either. But you know, that's a whole, uh, whole different kind of worms will open later on. This is some heresy going on in this podcast. <laughs> I mean, it, it did a lot. I, I, I get it's iconic and it did a lot, but you can't go left. Like, what sort of platforming? You can't go left. It's so annoying. You just slightly miss something and then you can't go back for it. Lazy. And it's not like the. Uh, the console didn't have the capability of doing that because they put it in the later ones. Nothing to go back for. So before I get into my impressions, Dave, do you want to give us... So before we get into my negative-sided impressions, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll hear from you guys. So Dave, let you go first. Yeah, I, I mean, my impressions are completely positive, um, to, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I did mention on the stream last night that I, I wasn't really looking forward to playing it. 
Um, Mario Land's a game that I've got quite a strong visual memory of, but I've not got really strong memories of enjoying it an awful lot. And for, for some of the reasons I spoke about already, I, I, th- I thought maybe it was a bit of a correlation to the NES games. Uh, there is something a little bit off about it in just the way Mario moves. The art style's a little a little weird, sort of like it was done by a third party, even though it is a first-party Nintendo game, as far as I know. It seems very B-team. Um, it, some kind of Egyptian theme going on. In yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some, um, for some reason, there's yeah some Egyptian theme. Instead of fighting... Instead of jumping over Bowser at the end of the level, you jump over a Sphinx or something. Yeah, yeah. Very odd. Yeah, the, the first world is Egyptian-themed. I think the other ones um, go into different worlds. I, I think the, the overarching um, plot of it is um, Mario is actually chasing after a, an alien in a spaceship. Uh, it, at the start of um, at least one world, uh, Mario beams down from a spaceship. So um, just just from memory, there's a, there's a, a Japanese-themed world as well. I'm not sure what the theme to the other worlds are. It's quite vague. Um, it is it's a bit of like the, the the redheaded stepchild of the Mario franchise, isn't it? I mean, the, all the characters that were introduced in Mario Land One never seem to go back to. I mean, you've got Goombas, but um, yeah, I, I mean, the Sphinx isn't turning up in Super Smash Brothers anytime soon, is it? Um, hmm. The alien Tatanga is probably not going to be a DLC character or anything like that. Um, and I think I think one of the main reasons why it does seem like the redheaded stepchild is because there was no involvement with Miyamoto. Like he's, I think he's been involved in all the other Mario games. Oh, uh, is that right? I, I didn't know but, that. But yeah, in, in uh, Mario Land, he had no involvement in that one. You can of, feel his absence. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So, but but in there's, I think there are positive absences as well. For example, um, so the the second world. Uh, I think I don't know if the second world happens to the second level in the second world, but basically you're, you're inside a, like a submarine, and it turns into like a side-scrolling shooter, um, and you don't generally find that that I felt like that that seemed a bit out of place compared to the other Mario games, but I thought it was quite a pleasant surprise. Um, I, I yeah, I really enjoyed it because I, I usually hate underwater levels, but I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, um, I preferred it to the kind of bob bob bobbing levels, bob bob yeah. bobbing along from Mario yeah, yeah. one for sure. Yeah, I hate, I hate any generally swimming underwater, really slow down levels in most. Yeah, try, trying to avoid the trying to avoid the bloopers, which have got really annoying uh, attack patterns. Yeah, yeah. Try that to in go, this one. Try to go underneath them and stuff. Yeah, you, you just blast them out of the way in this one. What yeah. is it about? What is, I, mean, I don't want to get sidetracked too much. But what is it about platform games having to stick a underwater level in there? Because it like it, it, I can't think of anywhere it's. It made it made it better. Like I always, hit, I always hated the Sonic ones. I always hated the Mario ones. Tomb Raider. I always hated the underwater bits. Yeah. Like, why? Why did they just stop putting water in? The Donkey Kong ones in the later Donkey Kong games aren't too bad because you don't have to keep tapping to to, to kind of swim up. You can just point in a direction. Don't mind them so much. But you'd prefer they didn't have them. <laughs> Maybe on balance, yeah. Yeah. Just it just platforming for me is always about. Like fast, quick, intricate platforming, and it just completely. I mean, I mean, the Sonic ones are ridiculous. Like it just, it absolutely slows down the game to a, a grind, and then he starts losing air as well. And yeah, yeah giving give kids panic attacks with the uh, low the air horrible countdown song. noise. <laughs> yeah, it's just like. But anyway, yeah, back to back to Mario Land. So carry on, Dave. Carry on with your thoughts. 
Uh, that was that was pretty much it. I, I don't feel like there's an awful lot to say about it. It's, it's just basically a retread of Super Mario Brothers 1, isn't it? But just without as good controls, without as much character. It's fine for what it was. It's also very short and easy. Um, uh, I blew through it in about uh, less than 40 minutes, I believe, last night. It's um, it, it's just there. I mean, it was, a, it was a good showcase for the, the capabilities of the Game Boy at the time. Like I, I know we got a lot um, more complex and better-looking games out of it eventually. I mean, yeah, it was a launch title, wasn't it? So. It was, yeah. yeah it, it was just neat to have uh, Mario in your pocket, as it were, back then, I suppose. Um, it, it did its job. You tried putting a Game Boy in your pocket? <laughs> we had big pockets back then. I remember yeah. I had a Game Boy case that, that I put my Game Boy in, and even that was see-through. So I had a see-through case and a see-through Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. You see-through clothes, walk in your see-through house. <laughs> yeah. The see-through clothes. <laughs> <laughs> in the dream. So, what were your thoughts on it, Steve? Anything that Dave didn't mention? So, no, not really, to be honest. Uh, I remember getting it, like I said, with the Game Boy, and I remember playing it, but I don't particularly remember enjoying it, just like Dave said. Um, the, the, there's a lot of similarities between that and Super Mario Brothers for the NES, but um, it, it was cool to play, and it was it was nice going back to it and remembering, you know, like that first level, you've got the door at the top, the door at the bottom. And I remember when you pick up a star, it doesn't do the normal star music why the can can maybe some licensing issues or something but um yeah there's not much else to say i think dave's hit on all the points there it was it was just a neat game for for the game boy when it came out okay so um yeah my my i, I would say i was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it compared to how much I thought I was going to enjoy it. Uh, the yeah, the first probably cut the first two levels maybe it, it's a bit too much. I mean especially the first level it's just it's too much like Super Mario Brothers. Um just similar similar lay- layout. I think the music's pretty similar. Um but yeah the mu- the music's overall I think is very good. I enjoyed the um sort of the variation on some of the the songs that I've not, you know, like the Cancan, like the and there's a couple of other tunes as well where it's, it's just not something I'd heard in a Mario game before, which was nice. Yeah, it's um, still got a fairly iconic, uh, especially that first level theme. It's one that people quite strongly remember as associated with Mario. Do you give us a quick uh, tune of it, Dave? Uh, do you go something like a do, 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 that's yeah. been in other ones, though. not just from that one. Is that right? Yeah, definitely, definitely in other ones. It, it, it is one element of its of its art um, that has kind of persisted in other games. I think, um, you, you know, like I say, they dumped out most of the new enemies, and uh, these worlds never really came back in later games. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the, music's strong. I, I didn't really understand why they decided to go with an Egyptian theme. I think the the first world and the third world were both very Egyptian heavy. Yeah, like you say, there was random alien ships that had come in at some point. Um, there's this like the the worst part was there's like a I, I mean it's not really Egyptian. It's more like a sort of a giant uh, rock head thing that charges at you. But the animation for it is just terrible. It just had no place being in that game. Everything else doesn't look too bad, but that just looked really weird. I, I did notice that on the stream. I did comment on it. Yeah, <laughs> it looks poor, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they, they left that in. Um, the 
I don't like that there's no differentiation when you get the fire flower. So, like, obviously, you you got different colours in the uh, in the original, uh, whereas there's no, obviously there was no colours on the uh, the Game Boy. But I feel like they could have done something. Uh, and even in the Game Boy Color version, there's no, there's still no color. They've just left the color. Well, there is color, but they've just left his suit exactly the same. So yeah, I found that a bit, a bit irritating that you didn't know you had the Fire Flower unless you remembered that you had it. Um, and also that the Fire Flower can only shoot one fireball, which mm. is really, really irritating, especially when you shoot one fireball and it gets stuck in like a little square area, and just bounces around for ages, and then you can't fire another one until it's disintegrated, which takes quite a while. Um, it's nice and, and bouncy, though, isn't it? It is nice and bouncy. It's a bit too like it only, it only shoots directly in front of you. So if someone's a bit further away, you've not really much of a chance of getting them. And then it just bounces like straight into the sky almost. So it's not. Yeah, I wasn't too happy with the uh, the fire flower, and I didn't I didn't understand why it could only shoot one fireball. Uh, I thought at first, oh, maybe it's a limitation of the the game or whatever. But then when you're in the underwater ship, you can shoot plenty of fireballs. So I didn't, I didn't quite understand why they'd gone with, why they just ruined the fireball power so much, to be honest. Um, and the only other thing I'll put really is that it was, I, felt, I felt it was a bit too generous with checkpoints. Um, so like, I, I'm pretty sure in the first Mario Brothers, I can't remember, what, was there a checkpoint in that? I'm sure, I'm sure there must have been like a halfway point or something. A halfway point, I think, in Super Mario Bros. Yeah, I can't remember what. Like, obviously, Mario World had the little uh, stick that you run through, and that's your halfway point. I can't remember what it was in original Mario Bros. I, th- I think it might have just been a... It's a random point. Yeah. But yeah, this one gives, gives you yeah, loads per level. So <laughs> that brings us to Oliver's points on it. So, Oliver, go ahead. Yeah, it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're talking about Mario Land. You're supposed to be selling it. Oh, Mario Land. I forgot all Mario Land. All right, no, to be fair, right, okay. Let me get in the zone. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Maryland, I'll just play the tune I made. <laughs> yeah. Dave knows a good rendition of this tune. I already did the tune. Do it again, Dave. Do, do it for Oliver. Come on. Bing bing. Uh, I like the bing bings. The bing bings are good. Does, does, does that jog your memory a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's all coming back to him now. To be fair, the, the main thing I remember from Mario Land that I that always brings the nostalgia back for everything is the soundtrack of it. I always think that that's the one of the best points of the game we had list for for a game like that. It's a oh yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, Oliver. Now we've been copyright striked by Nintendo. <laughs> this will never go out on the Bring it, Nintendo. Yeah, the, um, the 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 soundtrack's brilliant, but the I think for the time it came out for a platform, it were fucking it were absolutely brilliant. It were the it were quite short, I guess, but the levels were varied. The enemies were fairly varied. The underwater level were pretty fun in the little uh, ship thing under submarine, I guess. The and like yeah, the enemies were really good. Like they had those weird like bouncing mushroom things with wings. You might have to turn down your again slightly a bit a bit loud. I've literally not changed anything since I've lost. Oh, just sit further back slightly, maybe. Is that better? Uh, I don't know. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the and the, the I mean it has the it's like got the Egyptian level, the um I've literally not changed anything since I've last been on. I don't touch anything through my settle. Just move further away. 
Oh, yeah. The, uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> no need for this whimsy. How, how's that? Is that any better? Are we good now? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll further? yeah, that's fine. Go, go right, ahead. Okay. Yeah, it's got the uh, it's got the underwater level, the Egyptian level. Um, the Egyptian level, I think, is pretty um, unique for a Mario game. I don't it, like, it, especially at the time. It took a while before it came back to anything like that with the like the little fire spitting sphinx things and stuff like that. Yeah, we're I just saying. Yeah, we we're saying the Egyptian theme was a bit weird. Like, yeah, like it was the, weird. The whole the, all the themes are weird. Did they have um? Did, did it come back in Mario sixty four? The Egyptian theme. There was a couple. There was like some temples in that one though. That, that might have had. Yeah, there's been, there's been Egyptian levels since, I think, but like, they would have fit in a bit better because it was like probably like traveling to different worlds and stuff like that. I don't know if there wasn't a 2D one. I think that might be the only 2D Egyptian themed one that's the only one I can think of. I mean, there's certainly um, desert levels with pyramids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it, it does have a little bit of a different. <laughs> it's, it does have a different vibe to it in, um, in, in later games, doesn't it? There's something a bit, um, a bit strange about the Mario Land implementation. It feels quite. Unique, yeah. Well, I, yeah, like I say, I, I enjoyed it. I probably will go back and finish it. I'm sure I can spare 40 minutes, although I didn't actually, yeah, I did. I, I lost all my continues, so I didn't have quite as easy a time as you did, Dave. There's just a few things that I wasn't expecting. Um, annoying hidden blocks where you jump and then you'd hit them and then you'd fall to your death, which was harsh. Um, and yeah, the couple of jumps which seemed like they should make it and they didn't, the uh, sort of a uh, I don't know what you want to call it, the hit detection, I guess, in a way. Uh didn't quite seem to be there. Like on to my eyes, it looked like I should have just made the jump and it kind of went through. So kind of got to be a bit more central, I guess, with the jumps. Um so yeah, that's uh that's Mario Land. So Do we want I'll... to give it um a rating, gem or junk? I know this isn't technically a gem or junk uh section. Every segment's a gem or junk. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting to hear what people think. Um Given its its status, yeah, I, um, I would say I, it, from what yeah, it's probably changed my impressions of it. I'd probably say it is a gem. Uh, the platforming is is pretty decent. To be fair, it's not it's not clunky. I know you said it wasn't as smooth as the NES one. I didn't really find that too much. It seemed pretty similar. Um, just the, the the only main gripe I've got with it, I guess, um, is just how small it is on the Game Boy. I can see why they then zoomed in on the later ones because I was having to hold it pretty close to my face and I felt like I was mm. getting that eye strain. And I was using it on the Game Boy Advance as well, so I've got nice colour and backlit screen. Sorry, the that's Game Boy Advance. That's the authentic SP. Game Boy experience. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I was playing on the Game Boy Advance SP, so I had, I had a nice backlit screen and stuff. I can't imagine playing that on a normal Game Boy, trying to get in the right light to see the tiny screen uh, and then for some reason really tiny uh, Coopers, Cooper Troopers. Well, that's it. I, I contribute most of my back pain to my early Game Boy days where I had to lean <laughs> so far forward just to see the screen. You should Especially see one. I should. I should. Come on, Nintendo. Bring it. See, if you, you try and sue us for using that music, Nintendo, Steve's going to get you for his back pain. Oh, wow. <laughs> Boom! That's Maybe, how Maybe. <laughs> Maybe one of the reasons I found it quite easy was I was playing on a, an emulator on PC in full screen. Which which looks awful as most Game Boy games do, but um, I suppose it gave me a lot of uh, visual feedback um, to get through it as quickly as I did. You and your emulators, do. You All right, well, um, emulators. 
I'd say with Gem, yeah. I'd, I'd still throw it in Gem because I still think, like, even if you guys, if you've not played it before or if you might have played it back then and stuff like that, the fact that you've gone back to it now and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll play through it end to end, even if it's not that long, still, it must be a gem for that. Came yeah, I agree. It came out in the 90s. Yeah, I would, I've, I've, yeah, I've definitely gone back to old games and they've been, I mean, so yeah, it's probably the best game that we've had on this show. So. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm pretty sure we've had other things. McKids is weeping. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of like, I mean, yeah, maybe. um, Yeah, I enjoyed Streets of Rage, obviously, because I played that a lot, but I can't can't think of any other games that I would probably rate over it that we've had on this show. So, yeah, Yeah, definite gem by this show's post standards. (laughs) Steve, Steve? is it a gem for you? Gem for me, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So... The next segment of the show is going to be a little quiz that I've mentioned earlier. So just to refresh for anyone who has just turned up mid-show, which is no one, um, basically I've been, I did a, a quiz with Amy and her friends. Um, we all had a different subject and I chose video games. So I'm going to give you, you, so I'm going to give you guys the, uh, the same quiz that I gave them and we're going to see how you compare to the, to the uh, novices' scores. Okay, guys. So, um, have you got like a notepad or something handy? Question one: In which game did Mario first appear in? Is is there any element of of a trick in this? No. I, I assume that um, it'll be relatively easy if you did this with your missus. Yeah, that, that, that was what I was hoping for. <laughs> if you if you guys don't get like at least eight or nine out of, ten, out of ten, then I was probably a bit harsh on them. I think I'm pretty sure they got about four or five though, so it shouldn't be too bad. Okay, you all got that? Got that yeah. one? Yep. All right. Okay, number two. What is the best-selling game of all time? Yeah, got that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I've got that anyway. I toss up between a couple of things, but yeah, sure, go on. I mean, the one that the one that the, the one that's. Uh, is this a, is it is it a one specific game or is it kind of like the a seri- like the the game series? Uh, no, yeah, one specific game. Yeah. All right. Okay. 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 okay next up. What number three? What is the name of Sega's best-selling console? No idea. What is the European release name of Sega's best-selling console? <laughs> okay, number four. Physicist William Higginbotham created what is believed to be the first video game in 1958. What is the name of that game? I did also. I did also give them the first letter. You're not. You're not getting that. <laughs> okay. Next up, number five. What is the name of Sonic the Hedgehog's sidekick? He is a fox. And there were, wow. bonus, there were bonus points for anyone who managed to get his full name. He's got a full name? Uh, One of them got... And, it, and it's not something the fox? No. Okay, I think, I think I know what it is. Ready for number six? Mm-hmm. Okay, number six. Which year was the Nintendo Wii released? Oh, Christ. I can never do years. I was terrible at them. Yeah. I'll go with that. Okay. Number seven. The headquarters of Ubisoft, known for Assassin's Creed, is in which country? I don't know why I put that in an easy novice quiz, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just kind of wanted to get some nice, uh, nice facts in there. <laughs> just to educate them a little bit. Because I wouldn't know. Was, was the reply Assassin's Creed? Is that a Nintendo? 
<laughs> is that, a, <laughs> is that one of the, I'll put that for Mario's first game. Uh, right. <laughs> excluding the D-pad, in, the, in their actual question, I put excluding up, down, left, and right. <laughs> Ex- excluding the D-pad, how many buttons are on the Super Nintendo controller? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay. Number nine, what's the 1982 sequel to Pac-Man? I'm going to give that a guess. Yeah, I, I know it's one of two. Right, okay, last question. Um, to be fair, this one's really easy because we've talked about it on the podcast, or have we? True or <laughs> false, Boonga Boonga is the Japanese arcade game where you only rate paedophiles with a giant finger and wind turds. Mm. <laughs> and, then, and then I've got a tiebreaker question, just in case we need it. Yep. And that is, how many hours of Animal Crossing has my mum played in uh, 14 days? Sorry, it's the new one. Uh, Fifteen days. I'm new Horizon, I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 The new one. Yeah. Can we price his right? <laughs> <laughs> Not a penny over. Right. Okay. So. Hang on, hang on. Uh, everyone got over. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Right. Okay. So first one, uh, Oliver. Your answer first. Which game did Mario appear first? First appear in? Donkey Kong. Steve. Donkey Kong. Yeah. Dave? Uh, Donkey Kong, although the reason that I asked why it was a trick, because I think he was called Jumpman in Donkey Kong. He yeah. was called Jumpman in Donkey yeah. Kong, yeah. Wasn't he called Super Mr. Average Guy at one point as well? <laughs> <laughs> Super Mr. Average Guy. Super Mr. Average Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Look so, yeah, I, I don't think any of them got that one right, although and I also, yeah, I, I asked them a bonus question of what, what his name was, and uh, yeah, no one got that one right. Oh, okay. So, Okay, um, number two, best-selling game of all time. Is that with Steve? I went with Pokemon Blue. Pokemon Blue, Dave? GTA Five. Oliver? I put Tetris. Tetris it is by absolutely miles. It's not even close. Oh. I think Tetris got f- about 500 million. Uh, Minecraft was the closest with about 200 million. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what is the name of Sega's best-selling console? Uh, uh, well, the Genesis or the Mega Drive, I'd imagine. Steve? Genesis. I feel like I'm not giving it to you, Steve, because you only got it because Oliver said. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, it was, I said Mega Drive, actually. It was the uh, Mega Drive slash Genesis, yeah. I've got a Genesis emulator, that's why I went with Genesis. Yeah, sure. Don't <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so the, uh, first, the first video game, 1958, we'll start with Steve. Sorry, what was that? Oliver? Apparently that was Pong. <laughs> uh, Pong. Dave? I went with Space War. Wow. Pong it is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Space War was the second. I've never even heard of Space War. What Space the hell is that? War? Come on, tell us about Space War. Is it Asteroids? Well, spa- is that what it is? Space, Space War was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a vector based game. Um, it was developed in 1962 by Steve Russell. Steve are, are you saying Pong was the first video game? I'm not sure about that. You know, I think I think you need to. Uh, this one came out in 1968. When did Pong come out? 58. Sorry, 62, and then it said, uh, "Yeah, I'm sure it was uh, 58 when it was created." 
I don't think Atari released it until... If you type your first ever game into Google, it comes up straight up, got Pong. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fair Maybe I was wrong. just trying to be too clever with that. Yeah. Maybe you were, Dave. If I'd have said it because of P, would you have got it, Dave? Yeah. Or would you have been like, <laughs> Silent yeah. P in Space War? Maybe, maybe it's Space War. Okay. Uh, what is the name of Sonic the Hedgehog sidekick? So I'm guessing everyone knows the answer to this. Tails. Tails, yeah. Does anyone know his full name? Yeah, is it? Does anybody know? Because I'm going to... I think I, I know. I'll tell you what I put. I put Tails the Fox Copter. Okay. Steve? Uh, uh, something like Tails, Six Tails or Nine Tails? No. Dave? Well, Pokemon. I think that's a medieval yeah. torture instrument. <laughs> Uh, is, is it Miles Tails Prower? That's correct, yeah. <laughs> oh Do I get two points for that, then? Yeah, you can two points for that. So, yeah, the, the, yeah, so the joke was that it's Miles... It was going to be just called Miles Prowers, as in, like, Miles Per Hour. Uh, uh, the, I never knew that. And then they thought people wouldn't get the joke, so they called him Tails, and then they put, a few, they put a few things in the game of, yeah, saying Miles Tails Prowers. So... Interesting stuff. All right. Uh, next question then. Uh, which year was the Wii released? We'll start with Dave. 2008. Steve. Fucking 1999. And Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> and Oliver. I thought I was shit. Um, okay. I put 2005. Uh, Oliver was the closest, but 2006. Oh. Oh. It just <laughs> seems so old. Not that old you've done. 21 years. Jeez. I was barely out of nappy pants. Your your microphone goes, keeps going weird, Steve. Like the the first like millisecond of every sentence, it sounds really odd. Uh... Okay, let me try and replug it. Okay. You're giving Steve one hell of an editing job here. (laughs) People coming in halfway through. People suddenly be going underwater. It's normally me with the mic problems. What's going on? I know. That any better? Maybe really loud. Uh, yeah, well, sure. We'll find out, I guess. Um, okay. Um, so the uh, headquarters of Ubisoft. We'll start with Oliver. France. Steve. Australia. Dave. La France. It is France. So I, I always thought it was Canada. I thought it was like French Canadian. It's because there's a Ubisoft Montreal. Yeah, yeah, that's why I thought it was. Uh, yeah, which is a which the fact that it's called Ubisoft Montreal makes you think that the headquarters is in a different office. Yeah. Okay. Um, excluding up down, yeah. So excluding the D pad, how many buttons are on the Super Nintendo controller? I'm assuming everyone got this one right. Eight. 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 Yeah, eight. Number nine. Nine eighty-two sequel to Pac-Man. Start with Oliver. Ah, uh, see, I didn't know if it, I put Miss Pac-Man. I put Steve. Mrs. Pac-Man. Dave. I also went with Miss Pac-Man. And how are you guys spelling Miss Pac-Man? Ms. Uh, Ms. The correct way. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, it's a Ms. Pac-Man. Yes. Uh, pronounced Miss Pac-Man. Yeah. Steve, you that... get a point for Mrs. No, I don't get a point for Mrs. Unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, because I knew it was I knew it was Miss or Mrs. I just I I just went fifty fifty and just looked it. I, I knew they weren't married. Dave <laughs> <laughs> didn't see no ring on that finger. Well, technically, if she's Miss Pac-Man, does that not mean that that's his sister or his mum? 
and then he's married her, and that's incest. Well, no, it's Ms. It's Ms. Pac-Man, so we don't know. They could be married. She might just not not, not tell anyone. <laughs> and then true or false, Boonga Boonga's Japanese arcade game where you only elevate pedophiles with the giant finger on wind turds. True. Did everyone put true? Yeah, yeah, true. False. No, not really put true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll just quickly uh, tally these up. Probably should have written them down as we did them. One of them. Yeah, I think it's a tie. So good, job, good job we've got a tiebreaker. So uh, well, I'll say you can be included as well, even though it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, this is all that matters. The rest of the quiz was nothing. It's all that <laughs> <one> question. <laughs> so, Bonus points. It's one of those stupid games where it's like, okay, it's one point for each question and then 20 points for the final <laughs> one. Yeah. So, Oliver, do you want to start? How many, how many hours have my mum played of Animal Crossing in 15 days? I put 87. 87? Hmm, reasonable guess. Steve? I put 140. <laughs> 140, that's a lot. Dave? Yeah. I went really out there and I put 170. 170. Dave, you are the closest. It's 240 hours. <laughs> In two weeks? In two weeks, that's insane. So she's never actually stopped playing? She's pretty much, yeah, just not stopped playing. She's just constantly playing Animal Crossing. She must be doing like... That's 17 hours a day. 17 hours a day. That is a lot of... So there's no way she's full... playing Animal Crossing for 17 hours a day. That's 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 yeah. She's just sleeping and playing Animal Crossing. That's that's her life right now. So that's no, oh, I know. I, she can't. She's not been playing that. For, she's been on. It's been on for seventeen hours a day. Sixteen hours a day. Two hundred and forty divided by fifteen days. Oh, 15 days. Sorry, I put fourteen. Yeah, sixteen hours a day. Yeah, so she's literally just yeah, getting a what seven or eight hours sleep. Fucking food drip or something as well. <laughs> <laughs> So, People yeah. do put massive amounts of hours into that game, um, considering there's nothing to do in it. Yeah, it's a. I, I don't understand. Oh, how sick she... burn to Animal Crossing fans. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand how she's putting that much in because I feel like I'm playing it quite a lot. I think I've probably put about twenty five hours in or something, and I'm only. I'll, I mean, I've been playing it like uh, since it came out, so about I think it's been about six weeks now, and I've put about twenty five hours in, and I'm. I feel like I'm going on it as much as I could. I'm going on it, getting all my fruit. Digging up some stuff, doing a bit of fishing, and then I'm done. I don't know. I don't know what there is to do for 16 hours a day in that game. But she's probably paid off her Tom Nook by now, right? Oh yeah, she's many I, times I, over. She owns Tom Nook. I went to go visit. Tom her. Nook's a bitch. I went to go visit her island about a week ago, um, and yeah, she's she's got like an upgraded house well beyond what I've seen. Uh, the only things that my island is better is the stuff that like takes days to do so like i'm further in the actual story sort of side of it whereas yeah she's just got insane amounts of cash she must have just been sat fishing for to be fair hours and stuff to be fair this is the woman who's married to the guy who's been playing red alert 2 constantly for the last 20 years yeah well constantly up until uh and it stopped working in december and he's now six months uh six months sober of red six alert. Months clean. <laughs> just, got, just got a six months chip uh, <laughs> So yeah, and so don't introduce him to CNC net. No, no. Well, I did. I did get it working with that previously, but he's broken it. And yeah, because we were in lockdown, I can't go around. I was meant to go fix it while they're in New Zealand, but um, instead I went round and ate curry from Spicer Kitchen because it's amazing. And um, <laughs> and then I was going to go back and sort it, but then we got put in lockdown. So then I just left a load of curry in their sink. Uh, that I was meant to go. And, I, was, I, was, I was like, I'll, I'll definitely put that in bin next time I come round. Uh, and yeah, then they, I did, and then yeah, they were away for another month after that. So God knows what they came back to. 
No, oh, jeez. Uh, but they didn't come back to a working PC, that's for sure. So. <laughs> oh, he's broken his entire PC. Um, I don't, probably. Is <laughs> some there's always so many things wrong with that PC. I don't know what I'm supposed to. Does he still to... want loads of virtual machines setting up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that was my idea. Well, yeah, he want he wanted like he, he wants multiple copies of Windows setting up on his PC, um, which I have done before, but it just causes him endless problems, and, yeah. I just can't, I, and then, he, then he wants to format it, and then I've got to do it all again. And I'm just like, no, done. Yeah. I would love to have multiple copies of Windows on my own PC, but I'm too lazy to do it, so I'm not doing it for you. So. That, that comes. That's uh, my res- well. It's not necessarily my response, but it's what I'm thinking to most people who know that I work in IT and ask me to do things with a PC. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so yeah, like, I, like yeah, they've not even done it on my PC. Yeah, mm. I can do stuff you want to do. I'm like, yeah, that sounds really good, but I don't have time to do that. So it's too much. Well, I do, but I can't be bothered. So no, not worth my time. But unfortunately, you can't be like that when you've got parents. You just have to try and avoid them. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so that's the uh, the quiz over and done with. So, congratulations. Should we take five minutes before we start the last bit? We are going to take five minutes, Dave. Don't worry. All right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to take a little break now. Um, for you guys listening out there, it's just going to be a bit of music from Mario, probably, and the Nintendo sewers. And then after the break, we're going to be talking about our top five um, favorite. Um, our top, individual top five favourite platform games, which Oliver's probably going to write in this next five minutes. No, no, I did it in the last section, actually. Oh, okay. Um, and, yeah, that's it. We've talked about everything else. <laughs> so, yeah, see you in five. Bing, bing. I'm sure you've... Uh, you, I assume you've tried remote player with some stuff? Yeah. In, ter- in terms of the multiplayer stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tried it with Worms, and I tried it with um, Heave Ho. Oh, yeah, what's Heave Ho like? I've got that on Twitch, but I've not played it. Yeah, it's pretty fun, yeah. It's right, me and Jen played a game of it. It's pretty good. Uh, what do I you do? A, I listened to a rival podcast where... Um, so a rival podcast? Don't give our rivals hits, Dave. Come on. <laughs> uh, put that in the top ten for the year, so... Is, what, Heave Ho? Yeah, do you think it's top ten kind of material? Or it's pretty fun. It's basically just getting through levels through like a weird grabbing mechanic. Right. Yeah. Is it two player, four player? What's the crack of it? Uh, I think it's up to four. Right. Yeah, I need to give it a go. Some point. I've got it. I've got it ready on my Switch to play. I just not got round to it. Yeah, I've got it on my Steam. Why don't we give it a quick link? Uh, well, not right now, but yeah, we will at some point. Yeah. Are you done, Dave? It's all right. Uh, almost. He's just finishing his wank. I can't even think of another. Making it harder. 3D platformer. <laughs> That's good. To finish, not harder. Ah, sorry, Dave. <laughs> you think Heaver. Think of those hands, Dave. Think of Space Wars. <laughs> think of See, Space I'm Wars. pretty sure that the first video game ever must have been something like on punch cards, like some kind of text That's adventure. It's not a video game. <laughs> it's if it appears on a screen. What screen? That's the point of punch cards, is it's not fucking digital. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the first video game ever was a rocking horse. <laughs> uh, everyone's heard of yo-yos. <laughs> Why is there no yo-yo video games? That's what I want to know. I bet there is. Oh, yeah. There's, there's there there could be like a Tony Hawk's equivalent of yo-yoing. Yeah. Look on Steam. Here we go. Yeah, anyway, there'll be some fucking hentai game on Steam for it. 
So I'll just get a quick drink and then we'll go. Shofu Young's Yo Yo Pro Yo Yo Pros. Okay, welcome back. So before we get into our uh, top five favorite platformers, we're just going to we mentioned on last week's show, our last the last show, not necessarily last week's, um, that we were going to be doing a segment called Multitap. So basically, we've been playing uh, a game called Hidden in Plain Sight on Steam using the remote play. Uh, so we're going to give our thoughts on remote play in general, and then also hidden in plain sight. So, guys, what have, what are your thoughts on Steam's remote play uh, with friends? Remote play together, I think it's called. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> okay, so that's, uh, that's all mean, we have time for. Okay, next section. Next it section. works. It works well. Largely. It's all right. Let's just do a rapid, rapid fire answer thing. to everything. Yeah. <laughs> good. Next. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does work. Um, so the. I think my only experiences with it, I've I've done, I've streamed. Oh, sorry, I've I've been on the uh, hosting side with um, uh, Wes, and we played some WWE 2K20. Um, there were no issues for me, but he he dropped out a couple of times. Uh, it seemed all right when he was playing it, but it's hard to tell from my end. Um, I love how we keep mentioning Wes, even though like if anyone's listening who doesn't know us, <laughs> they'll have no idea who this person is. We'll have to get him on a podcast at some point. You know, just say hi. They'll definitely know who he is. They've been listening. It's like the mythical Wes. Um, I've also played um, a fair bit of Jackbox on it, but I've ended up moving to um, Google Hangouts um, just because there was a few connection issues, people getting disconnected. Uh, so, yeah, wasn't ideal for that. And then... Yeah, plus, plus uh, your grandma probably doesn't have Steam. And, yeah, my grandma... Well, my grandma's dead, Dave, but thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> uh, and then... Um, there was uh yeah so we did we did the the, the, the uh, hidden in plain sight today but it, it was all right there were a few bits where it sort of uh, stuttered for me that's the first time i've been on the uh non-hosting side of it uh and yeah there's there's a few bits where it just sort of the little uh symbol came up about the connection and it just kind of stuttered which but it's one of those what? things where it's hard to tell whether that's the fault of the software or maybe just someone's internet's had a bit of a blip or something like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, there was a couple of times that it happened. Um, but yeah, because obviously we're in lockdown, internet seems to be worse than it was anyway. Yeah. I'd, say, I'd say it's not ideal for quick sort of Twitch games like um, like fighting games or something like that. It's probably like if you, if it's going to jitter and stuff like that, that's going to lose you around or something like that if you're going to do it along that lines. It's good for stuff that is a bit more slower paced that if it does jitter a little bit it's not really big of an issue yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. Games. I mean the problem is there's not there's not that many i mean generally when i think of local uh local games that you play it with there's they do tend to be quite quick ones it's not like you, you're not going to be playing a turn-based strategy or anything like that it's, it's generally local four-player games tend to all kind of be quite quick mm-hmm. um I, mean, I guess you've got stuff here like overcooked and uh where you could probably get away with it uh but yeah, stuff like Towerfall, fighting games, uh, platformers, and stuff like that, I would have thought it'd be a bit of a struggle. It's it's the uh, same problem with any streaming software, isn't it? Like from Steam Link to Google Stadia, you're going to get inevitably some jitter, uh, which is going to make any sort of Twitch-based game less of an option. There's always the um, issue of how games interact with multiple inputs as well. Like, uh, well, I, cause I tried playing um, Worms on it, and it didn't. It wouldn't pick up each individual person as a different person. 
it put you into a multiplayer game. You had to create one locally, and everyone was essentially controlling the same mouse and keyboard. And you just right. had to say to each person, "All right, don't press it when it's your turn." Yeah. So I mean, I yeah, guess... we, we had that with uh, Mortal Kombat as well. Um, I I joined a game that Steve hosted, and it thought we were the same player. That's right. Yeah. But right. I think that's more to do because we were playing it online against somebody else. So when it's online, you can only do really a 1v1 without creating a room. But if you create a room, I'm still that one person online. So I think what we ended up doing was taking it in turns of being me playing online. Hmm. And, so, we're, we're, and with Worms, like you can you can do a pass the controller uh, with when you're playing Worms multiplayer as well. Oh, yeah, so. it worked. But I'm it saying, I'm saying that, yeah, I'm saying that might that might be why because like most most games where you're playing far player there is no option to pass a controller so it won't give you that option whereas yeah yeah, yeah well, maybe with worms it does so i feel we- like it's quite dependent on the game some games will know exactly what to do with this technology some games will sort of mm. chuck up a little bit with it so would you would you recommend the uh service to any of our listeners i would yeah i mean it's free so i don't see why people wouldn't want to try it if you've got party games that people don't have or even if you want to just maybe sign someone up for Steam real quick, just to have a go on some party games, especially at the moment with all the COVID stuff going on, it's uh, it's a good thing, good time to try it. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's obviously a good thing for the consumer. How do you think developers feel about it? I can't seem being that bothered because I imagine the people who are joining people to play it wouldn't have bought the game anyway. I don't know. Well, trying it, it, it kind of um, give me enough of a go. Mortal Kombat to go out and buy it for myself, but I, I can't imagine every game will be like that. If it's a if it's a fairly simple indie party game, um, you but, might not see a reason to go out and get your own copy. But yeah, but but if it's an indie party game and it's currently locked down, no one's buying that game because no one can play it. So, whereas with this, people can people can play the game, so they're going to buy it. Like no one's buying Overcooked if there's no one to play it with if they're in isolation. Whereas now, loads more people can buy it because they've got they can play. They they can play it online without them without the developers having to make uh make an online server for it or whatever. I suppose that's true. So it's a question of um whether they would have sold the game in the first place versus whether they'd sell multiple copies of that game to different people who want to play together. Yeah, I think, I think if it's a game that's got online uh online play, then the developers are probably gonna be a bit peed off that they've put time putting online play into it and people are not having to buy two copies. But for ones that are local, anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's a good thing because I mean, you, you can only play with the person who's got it anyway, and um, yeah, you you don't you can you can do it without having to go around the house anymore. So people are going to buy it. So that, yeah, I'd say I'd say most developers will be yeah, especially indie indie developers are probably quite happy with it. We should ask one. We should. So if you're an indie developer that's listening to this show, <laughs> which seems unlikely of our two or three uh, listeners. All to our, to our three, 30 plus American women. <laughs> yes, if, if you're an American woman who also happens to be a listener to this show and is a developer, then yeah, give us a call and tell us uh, what you think. Where can they uh, get in touch with us, Dave? Uh, at Funtime Club on um, Twitter. And if you want to contact us through Facebook, you shit out a look because they kicked <laughs> us off. <laughs> exactly. So, um, okay. So, also, so, Super Funtime Club podcast at gmail.com. Excellent. And what about if they want to listen to us on uh, on on our actual channel on Anchor? Where can, where can they get us on Anchor, Dave? Um, like you go it. to Anchor, right? Anchor.com and uh, search Super Fun Time Club Podcast. 
I don't know. Is, that's that's true. is it anchor.com? I'm just checking that now. <laughs> I got a feeling it's going to come up with the butter website. Uh, it's definitely we're on, not we're on everything, though, aren't we? We're on Spotify. We're, we're, we're big time. Yeah, if they oh, want to get a little podcast. Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's anchor.fm. But but yeah, as they pointed out, we are on Spotify and Google Podcasts. So Dave, if they want to get us on Spotify, what would they type in? Spotify. Spotify. Download Spotify. Click the big green download button. And once you're in Spotify, search for Super Fun Time Club Podcast. What's the Spotify website called? Uh, if you go to Google and you search for Spotify, <laughs> you'll find it. Top one that comes up that doesn't look like an advert for some virus. Yeah, which which oh. might not be. If if you're having trouble finding Spotify in the first place, you might not know. So I apologise in advance for the virus. Yeah. So you just go on to Alta Vista, type in uh, Spotify. <laughs> Open up the Onion router. Get, get Lycos and uh, get them to get some Spotify for you. I'm sure Spotify have got a, a helpline that, that they charge reasonable rates for. So they could probably help you there. Yeah. And you can get them on 0181-811-8181. That was a... Right. Speak Andy, to Andy Peters. Andy Peters podcast Andy reference. Okay, so we'd all, we'd all recommend the uh, remote play and select game. So that's kind of the whole point of this uh, multi-tap segment. Uh, we're going to be uh, each... Hopefully each episode we're going to have a new one to either recommend or stay away from. So this, this episode is uh, Hidden in Plain Sight. So just to give a bit of background of the actual game, so this originally came out on the OUYA, the ill-fated Android-based uh, console that I owned and was pretty terrible because for some reason they'd chosen to um, put the, the Bluetooth controllers, but the uh, the way they designed the system was that they had some kind of metal around it that blocked Bluetooth signals. Uh, so you could only have it at um, you can only have the console on a certain angle for it to actually receive signals, so having more than one controller was a nightmare. So um, that's what it originally came out on, and since then it's been out on uh, well, Steam, Xbox, uh, Switch, probably PS4, not totally sure. Um, it's only four ninety nine uh, if you're in English pounds. I don't know how much it is to our American female listeners out there. Um, and yeah, the, the, so the, the purpose of the game is basically it, it is only a local uh, local uh, multiplayer game. You can I don't think there's any single player mode at all because it won't work. Because the whole the whole point of the game <laughs> I don't know how that would work. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole point of the game is that basically you control a, a character on a screen full of other characters, and the person you're playing against has to spot you has to spot you and then uh, kill you. And while you've got to do some other tasks, there's a few different game modes. But basically, the whole guilt of it is trying to walk like a, a computer character. And they, do, they all just walk in straight lines and then stop and then walk in another direction. So, yeah, uh, so have, have you guys ever heard of the Turing test? Yeah. So, like, whether a robot can whether act robot, convincingly yeah. like a human being. This is kind yeah. of the opposite, isn't it? It's seeing if a human being can act convincingly like a robot. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I just so. thought that was uh, interesting. You would do. <laughs> you thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's yeah, it's, tr- it's it's about trying to act like the AI basically, uh, and as the person trying to watch out for it, you're trying to look like look for something that doesn't look robotic. Uh, looks like a intended movement. So it's usually usually given away from by like 
a turn that's not quite right or you didn't quite hold the direction down how you wanted it to turn you're not you, you, there's just like a little little judder or something that gives you away or you can just be terrible and just walk around like a normal person and uh, get spotted straight away so uh, yeah what are, your, what are your guys thoughts on this game Dave do you want to start um, so it's the kind of game that I would say is 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 fun for ten minutes. Um, I, I I do like the concept of it. It's 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 novel. It's not something that I feel like I could plug a lot of time into. To be honest, I, I, I suppose the concept of it is is fairly limited. I, I I think there's something in the back of my mind that kind of resents sort of being asked to act like an AI. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like um, it's, it's kind of like a, apologizing. Establishment fucking brain working. That, <laughs> that, that explains why you're so bad at it, Dave. Uh, I'm, looking, I'm looking out for all these like rope, this person that looks human. You're just walking around as normal, refusing to bow down to the system. AI in a lot of games is is normally quite bad, isn't it? And so this game's asking you to act like a a bad AI. Yeah. There's there's something in my brain that doesn't doesn't like that. It feels like it's taking the piss. Yeah, all I mean is, I mean the, the AI in this game is particularly bad. They, they don't remotely. Well, design, try, yeah. yeah, they don't they don't remotely try and walk walk like a human. The the, the most AI looking thing. Yeah, they'll they walk into a wall for a bit and stop. And then walk in another direction and stop, and that's pretty much what you need to do. But you need to also get to your destination while doing that. Um, it, yeah, and it's fun putting yourself into that mindset briefly, but um, I, I don't know how much fun there is to be gained in in, in doing that over and over. So walking in a direction for a little bit, stopping to think for a little bit. Um, I know walking in a, in another randomly sort of generated direction. I, well, it's. That's okay. why you've got two and Steve's got like 26. So, Steve, yeah. you're a lot better at the game than Dave. Do you want to uh, give your thoughts on it? <laughs> yeah, I quite enjoy it. This is a it's a good party game. Um, is, is it four or five players? I can't quite remember. Four, four players, yeah. You four know, players. Two, two, two to four, but yeah, the, but yeah. the more the merrier. Three is terrible on some of them. Like there's, there's, uh, one, more, so, yeah. there's one where you do um, like a race uh, and everyone gets like a bullet, but they also have... Um, so, you, so you've got like crosshairs to control... Uh, with with your bullet, and then you you've also got to a character to control to just either walk or run to the finish line. And you can have a walk, run, or stop. But basically, if you're playing three players, and one person shoots one of the other players, then the person left you because they've used their bullet. The other one just runs to the finish line. So it doesn't really work with uh with three. That one's quite good with two and four, but not three. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. So yeah, it's um it's a good party game. It's good between if you get four random people. It's a good. Um, talking point because it's it's a weird game. It's a it's very unique, isn't it? Yeah, it's really unique and it gets people talking. Um, is, it, is that one on the um, Oculus that was similar idea? Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't quite remember what that one's called. You were like a giant, and they were like you were in like a factory or something, weren't you? You had to blend in with other workers or something along those lines. That's yeah. right, and the big giant could pick up any one of these AI workers and grind them. But yeah, anyway, getting off topic. Um, but yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this one. I, d- I do agree that you can't play it for uh, an extended amount of time with the same people. It's good to just mix it up. Um, and I think the, the games could potentially be expanded on. Maybe the entire game could be expanded on. Maybe make a, a 3D version of it or something. But uh, Well, have you guys ever heard of a game called The Ship? Explain. 
Okay, no. so in, in the ship, um, as I've never played it, but as far as I recall, um, so you're a sniper, and you and you got your sights trained on like a cruise ship, and it's a very it, it, again, it's a similar concept. Like um, it, you're supposed to um, blend in with the AI and and do kind of James Bond style infiltration missions, and uh, somebody has to sort of pick you out sort of through this sniper rifle and and take a shot at you when they they think you're the human player. Oh, so it's like find a spy with a load of AI players. Yeah, so I, I suppose it's a very kind of similar thing, but expanded to a, a 3D environment. It, it always looked quite interesting. Just wondered if anybody else has had a crack at that one. No, I've heard of it. I've seen the gameplay. Yeah. I know they, they might have done uh, some Airsoft version games of this, I think I've seen on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Oliver, what are your thoughts on it? So, yeah, I, I, sorry, go on. Steve hasn't finished. Oh, sorry, I thought you'd done the same. Go on, And I was just going to say, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend this game to anyone. Okay. <laughs> Oliver? Uh, yeah, whenever I've played it, I've always really enjoyed it. Uh, it's um, it's one of those ones where it's a good party game because, and I, I always think a good party game is one of those ones where it's really, really easy to learn, but quite hard to master. Yeah. So there's people who can be really good at it and stuff like that, but anyone can still play and potentially still get like points and win by a bit of luck and stuff like that. Um, like you, you could give it to anyone, just be like, all right, you're you just play as a person. You you got to try and do this. That's it. That's the, the basis of the game. Don't stand out. And yeah, so it really really works good as a party game. Uh, the like everyone sort of mentioned, I think there could be expansions to it. Um, but yeah, it would be good to see like a hidden plane site too that was pretty much the same, but maybe looked a bit nicer or was in three D or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I did think the developers are died or something because, but it came out, it came out in the new year, uh, and then it kind of disappeared for quite a long time. Um, I think they brought it out on Xbox at a similar time, but then yeah, there was nothing for it, um, and then it's yeah, it's just it's just recently. Um, back in the last year, it came out on Switch, but even on the Switch, it looks like it's just kind of lazily parted across. Like they've not even got like a decent icon for it or anything. It's literally like it's, it's the worst looking icon I've got on my Switch. Um, well, it's not exactly a pretty game. No, no, but I mean, just the icons for most games are usually just like a nice logo or something, and you, it's not the sort of game where you want to show a picture of the gameplay as the icon, and that's exactly what they've done. Uh, so, yeah, I actually think the. Uh... 2D artwork for the sprites is, is is quite nice. The 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 kind of there's not real variation in sort of the environments that they're walking around in, but and, and there's not many of them. But I think the sprites look okay. Yeah, they're they're all right. Yeah, but again, not, they, they not remind me of a uh, 2D CRPG sprites. <laughs> I mean, there there has been some updates since I last played it. So the, the the Switch version compared to the version I played on the 360 seemed to have. I mean, there's, there's a ton more options in the options menu. Uh, there's a few different game modes that have been added as well. Um, I think the similar, like, like, like we were playing and we're used to the first the first game mode you've got, basically one person uh, has to touch these. Uh, oh, no, sorry. All, yeah, all three of you walking around as ninjas try to touch these statues, uh, and you can also kill another ninja or throw one smoke bomb down. And when we used to play it, it was always you touch five statues and you've won. Whereas it seems to have been changed now to touch as many as you can in two minutes. All right. So yeah, there's, so there's there's clearly some some kind of support since it came out, but 
I'm, I don't know how long ago that was, but yeah, it would be nice if they'd uh, yeah bring out a, a sequel or an expansion or, or something for it. Um, but it is, it is only a five quid game, and there's there's quite a few there's quite a few game modes. So we've mentioned the uh, the ninja one, uh, the running one. There's one where um, you get to be uh, either ninjas or guards, and you've got to protect either protect the uh, the royalty or kill the royalty. Um, there's the, yeah the one where you've got to collect all the coins, and the other people have got can snipe you. Uh, I think there's one other. I can't remember what it is, but. Yeah, the I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend the uh, the the one with the riot layer, but the other game modes are pretty decent. I'd definitely say the uh, the the one where you have to target them uh, while picking up the coins is is the best mode. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so it's a game I'd recommend. I'd, I'd say five quid. Uh, it's it's always fun with new people, and I think you can go back to it with people you've played before. After a while, you're probably not going to get. Hours and hours of fun out of it, but yeah, you definitely get a I don't know a half hour session at least, uh, just just playing all the all the game modes and uh, getting yeah people learning the learning learning how to do it and learning to get better at it. Yeah, it's a steal. So um, yeah, is everyone giving a recommendation for this game? Yeah, Dave, you seem like the uh, uh, least least wait. happy with it. I'd I'd probably say maybe worth a pop if you got a a group of friends who can play locally with you, and it's only going to cost you a couple of quid on sale. I mean, if you you don't have if you don't have friends to play it with, I won't recommend. (laughs) Well, I mean, the whole whole point of this segment is yeah, for playing on Steam with friends. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, I I would personally, I, I think even five quid might be a little too steep for what it is. A couple of quid worth pop. No, I don't think so. I think five quid's fine. I, I would have paid more than that. I'm pretty sure I've I've bought it three times. I must have paid about twenty quid on this game. So, uh, yeah, definitely. I think five quid the steal, and um, the fact steal at twice the price. Yeah, and the, the fact that especially I I just got it for local play. The fact that you can now play it online with people, um, yeah, I think it's definitely definitely a thumbs up for me. Okay, so that's our multi tap segment. So I think that was uh, three recommendations and one lesser. For uh, hidden in plain sight. So now is going to our final segment of the show is all about platformers. So we've each uh, just selected our top five platformers of all time. Uh, so we're going to list them all off and then just have some discussion around it. Uh, if anyone's got any in there that people disagree with, I mean it's your favourite, so you can't really disagree. But uh, <laughs> you're wrong. But we will do. So um, Steve, do you want to start with your five? Uh, yeah, can do. I've. Are we, is it well, well done? Before we go, are we doing it in some sort of order? Is it least favorite I, to most favorite? Is it just random that we've played in the last time? So, so ideally, if you can do least favorite to favorite, but at least make sure you've got your favorite one at the top. Right. Okay. Okay. So this this was really difficult for me because it's always in a constant state of flux, and some of these I've not been back to in a long, long time. So if I go back to them now, they probably won't be quite as good as I thought they were. But in my memory, they're, they're quite iconic in when I was growing up as the platformers that... You better have have kids in this. That stand out to me. Uh, <laughs> so number one, my best one is kids. No, I'm kidding. So we'll do least to, to best. So number five is... Uh, it was a toss-up between two, but the one that I've picked is Flashback. Oh, yeah. I've never actually played Flashback. 
Never heard or of it. Abe's Odyssey. We're going to be Abe's Odyssey, but flashback is <gasps> is there. Okay, you know so what, Steve? In- interestingly, I I had both of them on my shortlist, and I only wanted to include one, and that is actually on my list as well. Is flashback, and I, I picked it slightly above Abe's Odyssey as well. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Uh, well, so I do I do want to talk about flashback because yeah, it's, it's, it, I saw it on sale on Switch. Steve. I think the uh, remastered one was down about five, and I was tempted by it. It's yeah. one I always saw growing up. It was always in the magazines. It was always like swooned over because of its uh, art style mainly. Yeah. Um, sort of and its Prince of Persia sort of animations. Um, does it? Have you played it recently? Is it still as good? I've not played it recently. I've not played the remastered version. I just remember it from back in the day, being on the snares and thinking, "Wow." Um, I've played it fairly recently. Um, it hold up? It, it. I actually think it holds up better now than it did at the time it, it was very unusual at the time and now now we've had things like Abe's Odyssey which is sort of very similar it's got that kind of grid based platforming movement um, I, th- yeah. I think it's actually a little easier to go back to since a lot of people would have played that and kind of got used to the system I do remember the controls being really quite unresponsive at the time I mean because you had to holster your weapon and take out your weapon and then press a button to fire and you're jumping, you need to be on time where you jump, so the way, like a split second afterwards, you jump too late and fall down a pit and die. But um, it was more the aesthetic that pulled me in. It was like this sci-fi shooter, weird story where you you crash on an alien world and you have to find your key cards to get over bridges or get through doors, or and then you have to solve puzzles. It's it's quite a so what did you what did you play that on when it came out? I, I was think of it as being a Mega Drive game, but was that on, on Super Nintendo as well? Then yes, I believe, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think the best version is supposed to be the Mega Drive one, at least of the home consoles. But yeah, uh, yeah I think we would have played it on SNES, right? I do. As, again, it's one of them games that I remember remember going to Blockbuster and thinking, "Oh, I really want to rent this game again because I want to play this game." And uh, yeah, it was just it was the whole aesthetic of it which was really pleasing because I'm a big sci-fi buff and I like. I like alien adventures, and this one just just appealed to me. It's right, a well, funny one, is flashback because um, I, I bet a lot of people don't even get past the first section. Do you know where you get dropped into the um, jungle planet? Yeah, true. true. I, I, I bet they sort of um, sort of walk around for a little bit, uh, realize how fiddly the controls are, and just that they're just like nah. But after you actually get past that, uh, you, you get plopped into this big. Um, I don't, sci-fi city is a bit Blade Runner-esque it's probably the closest thing you had to a Blade Runner game yeah, at the time and yeah. and it really opens up there's a bit of RPGing in there um, it's yeah very very impressive expansive uh, ahead of its time game sure did, uh, did either of you play the sequel uh, Fade to Black no I heard bad things about it though right. no I mean I've, I've never heard of the game never played it so that's why I'm staying quiet so uh, flash, uh, flash, I'm obviously Oliver. You're a bit younger than us. But Flashback was, I think it was '92. It came out. It was absolutely massive. It was always all over the covers of every magazine. Um, I think it's um, it's one of the best-selling games of all time in France. Apparently, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. It was just it was just it was it was just always really yeah really well critically received and um, yeah very very popular game back in the nineties. Uh, I feel like the Amiga version was pretty big as well. I remember seeing that quite a lot. I don't know if that was a particularly good version too, but mm. okay. Well, to yeah, I might have to. I might have to check it out. It's one I've I've always wanted to play and just never got around to. So maybe maybe I will. Yeah. Okay. Number four, Steve. Number four is Earthworm Jim Two. Nice. Was hey. Jim, but it was two in the end. Um, it's just the humor again. It's a, yeah. it's a pretty solid platformer. Uh, the humor in it, the characters were just absolutely brilliant. 
Are you uh, interested in playing the new one on the new console that's coming out? Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Convinced. So yeah, they bring out a phone gym. I don't know if they call it three or four because they did bring out a three D one on the Nintendo sixty four. I think it was yeah. terrible, uh, but but it's coming out on the new. I can't for the life of me remember what the hell the console's called. Uh, but yeah, this is like a reboot of a really old console, isn't it? It's not like a Magnavox or something, is it? <laughs> Um, a, a, a console brand that's been like long dead. Uh, they're bringing another one out. Wow. First I've heard of it. Well, the new the new FM gym. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what the uh... oh, Intellivision Amico. That's what it's called. Yeah. That's yeah, all. yeah. So I do, I do, I do want an Amico. Um, it looks it looks quite unique. It's got like a couple of um, the controllers look a bit like VMUs from the Dreamcast with like a little screen on them, but they're only they're only small controllers. Yeah. And like the whole point of it's meant to be like it's a good going to be like a good multiplayer console, um, which kind of sold me anyway. But then the fact that it's got Earthworm Jim coming out on it, um, yeah, I, I do want one of those. I don't know how easy they're going to be to get. They're coming out it's in October, yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously with the coronavirus, I don't know how easy they're going to be to get hold of. I think it's a couple of hundred quid. It's definitely way overpriced for what it is. Um, but I'm probably still going to get it. Okay, see number three. So number three. Um... So, are we excluding uh, Metroidvanias in this account? I've excluded them just because I'll probably want to do another segment at some point. Uh, right. and I've de- and I've definitely got enough platformers to do both. So, fair enough. But so you don't. Have to... Yes, I'm not gonna. I will. I will do my um, Metroidvania. Okay. I'm gonna go with uh, Blackthorn for the SNES. Never heard of it again. No, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. Like, it was a really weird one, really, because I've never really, I never played it on the SNES. It was always years later on an emulator where I played it, but I really enjoyed it. And I remember getting so far into it that I, um, I think I almost completed it. It's another kind of flashback esque 2D platform, you know, where you, but the, the thing about this one, it's got cover shooting and you press up to hide in the shadows wherever you stood on the map you press open you can hide in the shadow and you've got this shotgun and basically these big ogres they, they end up trying to shoot you and you, you're ducking and covering so it was kind of the first snes game that i've noticed had this like ducking kind of cover mechanic but there's loads of puzzles in it uh very much like flashback or any kind of platform for that time i guess um uh, it was called um, it was called black hawk in in europe europe i, I have heard of it oh black hawk that's interesting I, i've only ever known it as blackthorn but I, I don't think i ever had it on the snes itself i think i've only ever played it on emulator yeah um but apparently it had a tagline yeah. which was he's here to take out the trash <laughs> that's, <laughs> that sounds like blackthorn it was really goofy it was goofy in places but um the combat were really good um and I really got into it for some reason. By Blizzard? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, Blizzard. Oh, really? Yeah, um, it was, uh, yeah, like you say, very similar to Flashback, but it was sort of very much more kind of blood and guts, wasn't it? So quite violent and kind of gritty. Quite mature, yeah. yeah. Game. So you had these um, guys tied up to the wall that you could speak to, and you're supposed to be setting all these people free, but you can just, you've got this button where you, you put your shotgun over your shoulder and shoot behind you. So whilst you're walking off, you can just shoot all the slaves. <laughs> So have you, have you played that one recently? Does that hold up? I've not played it recently. Um, it wasn't too long ago that I played it. Um, I, I, I still, to this day, yeah, I'd enjoy that. It was just yeah, I, I mean, if, if Flashback holds up, Blackthorn holds up, doesn't it? It's, it's yeah. a 
similar similar style. It's like get to an edge of a platform and press jump. Yeah. Okay, do you want to give you number two again then? And hold number on to two. number one, we'll come back to that. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, number two is Super Mario World for the SNES again. Okay, the mm. big SNES, big SNES player. Uh, Super Mario World. Uh, now it was a toss up between World and Two. Super Mario Brothers Two. Two really. And I picked World because yeah. Um, too terrible. <laughs> is it two? Not two. It's not. Three. No, I'm thinking three. Yeah, three. I'm at three. I'm three. Yeah. <laughs> this is so weird. Like I also. I had a toss up between those two games, and uh, I actually chose three for mine. But um, yeah. yeah, carry on. I did uh, World simply because uh, the music is fantastic. It's just the catchiest Mario music that I can think of. Um, so I, ne- I never played Super Mario World growing up, so I think that's by the way it's not like I've I've played it since. Yeah. It's, it's all right. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge Super Mario World fan. I played quite a lot of three because I had All Stars from SNES. Um, yeah, I've put in brackets all stars here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I probably prefer three, but the world all stars package, but I don't think we've got that over here. Yeah. But um, yeah, all stars was just one, two, three, and then the lost levels. That's yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not a just despite my love for Nintendo, I'm not a huge Mario fan. So uh, yeah, world's not definitely not on my list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so okay. yeah, Super Mario World. It's a it's your standard Mario level, but just with because stuff like the cape and that came into it, and that was all yeah, the cape level was fun. Yeah, the phrase fun with the cape. Yeah, and obviously Yoshi. I think he perfected the uh, that ghost level stuff as well in World. Yeah, the Mario ghost. World. I, I hate the ghost level. It's so annoying trying to find that blue <laughs> door. Yeah. yeah. All right, Oliver, do you want to go for your top four to start with? Top four. So yeah, uh, coming in at number five. Uh, I've got a uh, Donkey Kong Country. Okay. First one. Nice. Yeah. Uh, did, did he give four? So yeah, you know, seven is number one. We'll come yeah, back to number one. Oh, I thought you just give three. No, give four. Carry on. <laughs> did you give three? Four. Okay. Flashback. Earthworm Jim. Oh, Earthworm Jim. Um, Blackthorn, and then. Oh yeah, of course. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Um, yeah. This it is because I've not. I'm not a massive. Right. Let's let's just let's just prefix this with the fact that I'm not a massive platform player. It's not, not necessarily my genre of games because, in general, retro games aren't necessarily my general um, thing to go to. And I think platform is a very very retro thing. It's it's very very few good modern platform games that come out, in my opinion. Agreed. They um, come out every like maybe one, uh, two, one every one or two years. That it really hits the sort of AAA standard stuff and that sort of stuff. I don't, it's, yeah, just, I don't, it's just Mario at this point, isn't it? Mario I, I, and the, the odd yeah. kind of thing yeah. that comes up every so often. I'd agree. There's no, there's no, there's yeah. There's only one big AAA one really. But yes, I suppose. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say there's a, a lack of decent platformers. I'd say most of the best platformers have probably come out in, in the last decade because there's just since since they've. Uh, since they've started redoing them again, they've just they've, they've taken all the shortcomings away the early ones, and they just, they they tend to be a lot better. Like most of mine that are in in this list that are old is for nostalgia reasons, not because they're anywhere near as good as the standard. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah. Then that's that's the reason why I had Donkey Kong Country. While I played a fair bit of it when I was younger and really enjoyed it, it um, I think a lot of people dislike Donkey Kong Country for some reason. Um, yeah. I think the boss fights people that don't like the boss fights in the 
I think the, it looks a bit clunky, the, like the sort of jumping around monkey things. It's a bit it puts people off. Hmm. Uh, but I really enjoyed them. I was th- I always thought the uh, I always thought the bosses were quite fun. Uh, basic, but pretty fun. The levels were always had like hidden stuff in them. Like uh, if you had the rhino, you could run through the walls to find like hidden caves and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's 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 one of the ones that I sort of group playing on the SNES generation stuff. So yeah. Yeah, Did you ever play the second one, Oliver? No. So I quite enjoyed um, Tropical Freeze uh, on the on the Switch. Yeah, I got Not, through that. Never, never really liked any of those. And even Tropical Freeze, there was a lot of that I didn't like. It mainly was the boss fights. Some of them just they just go on too long. Like, and you have to do the start the the the, the start bit of like the, getting the first two parts of a boss. It'd be really easy. But it'd be like a level Dave made on Super Mario Maker, where it's easy, <laughs> but it absolutely drags on, and then you do all that just to get to the hard bit, and then you die in the hard bit, and you got to do it all again. And you just like, just let me try the hard bit. So I found that quite quite annoying with a uh, yeah with that one, and and I never really got into the uh, the Super Nintendo ones. Yeah, that, uh, but to be to be honest, that that would be my only criticism of Tropical Freeze. Though. I love the Donkey Kong game. Donkey Kong Country games myself, and uh, I, I, yeah, I think um, especially Tropical Freeze is it, pretty much flawless. Otherwise, apart from the uh, apart from the boss fights, yeah. okay, Oliver. Next. Yeah, okay. Uh, number four for me would be the first Rayman game on the PlayStation. Ooh, interesting. That was a side-scrolling two D one. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's right. Um, I, I, I thought I thought Rayman were brilliant. It's the, the, I suppose the boss fights could be compared to Donkey Kong in, in a way, but the the levels on them were always quite well designed. It had cool little mechanics on it. You kind of it was the first one I came across where um, you unlock different abilities as you went through. Uh, you sort of defeat a boss, and the the fairy gave you a new ability to do whether it's like the helicopter thing or you could have like a, a super hand thing and all that sort of stuff which I always thought were really cool, especially when I was younger and sort of getting to the levels where you, the musical levels, which were always quite fun, they made like little noises as you slid down the pianos and stuff like that. So I think I only played a little bit of it, but I played Rayman Advance. I think that was like a re-released version on the Game Boy Advance. Um, Yes, I've I've never really played the original. I didn't really get into Rayman until Rayman 2 on the Dreamcast, which by then that was the uh, 3D one. Yeah. Yeah, I played. The, I played the 3D one. I'm not massive, not a massive fan of it, really. So, does does Rayman one hold up compared to Legends and Origins, the latest ones? I I think the first one does actually hold up quite well because of the art style it was put in. It doesn't necessarily look terrible now. Yeah, it's still quite a good looking game. I've seen. It yeah, again. because it was always that sort of um, like <laughs> cell shaded kind of looking stuff with um, with fairly realistic looking backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. I think it holds it quite well. I'd, I'd quite happily sit and, and play th- at least a fair few levels of it now. I probably won't. Probably one of those games where I would never go back and finish it again. But I would happily play through the first like two or three worlds, something like that. No, okay. not thinking much of it. Well, I'll, I'll add it to the list of my platformers to play. Yeah, okay. I'll give that a go because my my introduction to Rayman was Origins, really. Oh well, I think Origins it added a lot more sort of you need to do this quickly. It still has that sort of level where uh, the water's rising, you've got to get up and stuff, and you, yeah. you run like a flying thing, and you've got to get through the level um, left to right. There's something chasing you. It still, it still has all that in it. Yeah, we might be uh, coming back to Origins shortly. Do you want to give you? Uh, yeah. Do you want to give you the next one? 
Uh, my number three is, uh, I think the first 3D one on the list for everyone, um, is Banjo-Kazooie. Hey. Oh, yeah. Which I adored uh, as a kid. It was it was my number one game on the uh, N64. Uh, definitely. I, I played absolutely hours and hours of Banjo-Kazooie. Again, it's along the similar sort of route of I really enjoyed sort of getting the new abilities and the sort of whimsical side of it and I think it's quite infamous for uh, the voiceover acting, where every time someone speaks, they've got like a weird sort of, <laughs> which I think they carried on in the in the in the, in the games afterwards as well. Which they should have. Well. Do what? Sorry, Dave. And ukulele, um, so yeah, went with that kind of motif as well, didn't they? Yeah, I was going to say yeah. you played you play, cause I've not I've not played banjo kazooie, but I've played a fair bit of ukulele. Is it is it similar? Yeah, he's he's very very similar. Yeah, I've played a lot of the um, first ukulele, which is obviously same as banjo kazooie, really. And yeah, this is all very similar in terms of there's like areas to unlock that you can't go, and you kind of got to go back to some levels sometimes to get extra coins that you unlock later on, similar to like a Metroidvania type type game. But um, I always thought the levels were quite well designed as well. You can always it's always one of those ones where you can, it shows you quite a lot of stuff you can do, but you need to. Sort of figure out how to get there and figure out which route to take and um, learn the learn the bad guys on it and stuff like that. It, the it does fall down in the fact that I think many three D sort of platforming games do in that it did try an underwater level and it was awful. <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. There's like a big massive shark trapped in a room. And you got to like spin around it. I've never played it, but I did get it for the um, come out on the Switch. Bad joke, zero. Oh. You closed on it. Uh, Banjo Kazooie, it's, it's, it was on the uh, Xbox Red uh, Collection. Red Collection, yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's one I've I've always wanted to play it, and I've, I'm sure I've given it like a little bit of a go, but never properly. But um, I'm thinking now that I've got my N64 yeah. sorted and modded, I might give it a proper go on the N64 and uh, see what I think of it. Because I do, I, I I I've never really played that kind of platformer before. Like I guess Mario 64 was the closest, but it's not. Yeah. Cool. As open world collector as this, and then I played the first ukulele game um, back at Christmas after dismissing it originally um, and enjoying the second one more. But then I've gone back to the first one. I was like, oh wow, this is actually a really good, good idea for a game, just an open world platformer. I would say, I would say, compared to what it is, I'd say the first Banjo Kazooie is still better than ukulele. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I will give that one a go. I've got uh, I'd, I'll probably touch on it later, but um, it, it's it's worth noting how how good Rare were back then. Rare made Banjo Kazooie as well as the Donkey Kong Country games, and I thought what was uh, what's to their credit, um, they their best work like stood toe to toe with the best of Nintendo's work at the time. Um, yeah. So, like, uh, I, I thought Donkey Kong Country was 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 pretty much just as good as uh, the Mario games on the SNES. Um, Banjo Kazooie could easily kind of sit alongside Mario sixty four and the N sixty four. Yeah, just uh, just at the peak of the powers back then, weren't they? Yeah, definitely. Agree with that. Okay, Oliver, what's your next one? My number two is uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. Okay, so go with a Metroidvania. Yeah, <laughs> because I don't play that many platformers, so I can't discount Metroidvanias. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, it's the only sort of modern platforming game I've played where I've uh, I've stuck to. I've tried playing other ones and not really enjoyed it, or I might have maybe enjoyed it a little bit, but just fell away with it, couldn't be bothered. 
Whereas Ori, I played start to finish as my main game uh, after I started playing it. I think a lot of it was because it just looks so nice. A lot of, I think, I don't like modern retro games in terms of modern games that come out that look like retro games. I'm just not a fan of it. So when games like that come out and they they look nice and they play nice and the sort of high fidelity and stuff like that, I'm, I'm I'll happily give it a good shot. And yeah, I finished Ori, start to finish, enjoyed every every minute of it. And I should really go back and play it again and do more of the exploring and unlock more more moves and stuff like that. It is one that I did consider putting on my list as well because even though it is a, a Metroidvania, like the focus very much is on platforming. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the Metroidvania elements of it are fairly light in comparison to some other games. Yeah, it's, it's very. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can almost play it. You can almost choose to play it as a Metroidvania if you wanted to, and sort of do do specifically do the unlocks to go back into different levels to find stuff and blah blah blah. But I didn't really play it as that. I just played it as I'll, I'll play through it. If I need to go back, I'll, I'll I'll go back. But if I don't, I won't choose to go back unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, you can play it largely linear, like a yeah. platformer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's high up on my list is uh, Ori. I, mean, it, it, I, I think it does a very good platform, and it definitely won't be high up on my Metroidvania or platforming list. I think there's definitely a lot of games in both those categories that do it better. But, well, saying that, there's probably not that many Metroidvanias that I think do it better, but that's because I've got quite a low opinion of uh, the Metroidvanias that come out. I will give a special mention as well on my list to um, Mario Galaxy. There's no special mentions. Okay. I love I love Mario Galaxy, but it just fell out of the top. <laughs> okay, uh, Dave. All right. Um, so I I didn't necessarily put mine in order, so I'm just scrolling through trying to hodgepodge scrolling through all five of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, thing is, like, one's already been mentioned. So, uh, I, I guess I guess of the ones that I did um, jot down, um, the the number five would have been flashback. But since that's already been mentioned, I might uh, bump up. Um, no. Uh, lost, lost Vikings into that spot. No, nope. nope. hey. you've chosen flashback. Dave. We'd let you talk about flashback <laughs> on Steve's flashback thing. So flashback is your number five. Number four, go. Okay, uh, so for the number four, I think I'll choose. Uh... <laughs> I'm not going to choose. Right? I'm pretty uh, sure me, Mr. Nuts. Mr. Nuts has, it, has anyone played Snes classic uh, underappreciated gem, Mr. Nuts? Yeah. No. Uh, Steve, what do you think of Mr. Nuts? And I am I Mr. crazy in, in really liking that game? I thought Mr. Nuts is is pretty solid. What did you say it's the nuts? Solid as in hard or good? Hard. Right. I've never... You can get to a certain point in it and it ramps up. Um, I'm going to guess you're a squirrel. You what? I'm going to guess you're a squirrel and never never heard of this game, but that seems like... Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, you're true. a squirrel, yeah. yeah. I'll, let Dave, I'll let Dave continue. Go on. Okay, um, so yeah, I, I borrowed it for a friend briefly as a kid. Probably would have never heard of it otherwise, but um, yeah, that, I took a massive shine to it for some reason. Um, I, I actually think it, um, it it's one of the games that I normally play to test out setting up a new emulator. Like um, I'll, I'll normally play, uh, I normally fire up a bit of Mister Nuts, so it gets played quite quite regularly. And um, yeah, I, every time I play, it, I almost end up finishing it. I, I think it's great. It's 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 really French. And it's really sort of it's almost really French. It's really French. It's made by two French dudes, as far as I recall. Um, it, it's kind of got a sort of hallucinogenic quality to it. I, I don't know how to describe it really. So it's a bit trippy, sort of in parts. Um, it's, it's got some really unique levels. Um, it, uh, a lot of people would probably play it a little bit, just dismiss it as quite cutesy. But um, I'd, 
I, I, I think um, it, it looks great. Like the the soundtrack's great. Um, it's 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 very linear and um, probably a bit unfair in parts. So um, maybe not one that you'd um, sort of see all of the first time through. But yeah, it's bizarre, unique. I think I think it's very much underrated. Um, I watched a let's play of it last night uh, to kind of get my head back into it. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of comments underneath. Uh, they seem quite divided. It's either oh this game was crap or you know this game. Is so under, underappreciated. It should be remade, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't really expecting anybody to know much about it because it, it wasn't a big deal by any so means known, at the time. I've known you for like twenty years, and we've talked about platforms a lot. Never heard you mention this game before. Why have you never mentioned this game, Dave? Surprises me. Well, I don't know because I think it's the kind of thing. If if I recommended it to somebody, they might they might play a level level of it and think, nah. It's just one of those games. I think. Okay. All right, next one. Okay, uh, so um, it was was that my fall? I'm expecting Bugsy <laughs> yeah, to uh, appear yeah. in this list, <laughs> Come on, Mr. Nuts is on another level than Bubsy. Yeah, um, so three, I, I'm going to go with a New Zealand story. Anybody play this uh, one? Yes. Um, I feel like I, I get confused with this and Rainbow Island. New Zealand's the one with you're the egg. Uh, yeah. so right? I think they're both Taito, the Mega. Centric games, yeah. Uh, no, you're not a little egg. Like, you're a, you're a little um, kiwi with a bow and arrow. All right, okay. Uh, you, you got any uh, memories of this, Steve? I, I think you've almost definitely played it. Yeah, was this on, yeah, was yeah. on Amiga? Is that is that right? Primarily, I think there were home console versions. Right. Okay. I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at um, videos as we're going through these. I looked on the the honestly lost the Mister Nuts look terrible. This was even worse. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I, I thought, yeah, this, I thought Mr. Look, Mr. Nuts looks more like I might give that a go. I, I have seen bits of New Zealand Story before, and I've never been that interested. It so kind of reminds me of Kirby, I guess, like some of the other Kirby uh, games. No, I think this on. is a nostalgia pick, to be honest. Definitely um, a nostalgia pick. Yeah. I've, I've been back to play this uh, not too recently, quite a while back, um, but I did go back and play this, and this is all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> all over the place. It's yeah, so I'm, random. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll try this one out. I don't remember enjoying it like at all. I, did, I think I def- definitely get very far on it because um, I thought it was. I, I was confused in this from Rainbow Island, and I was like, "This is shit." Why oh, was it Rainbow Island? So it's, I mean, I'm just literally watching the Let's Play now, and it's just floating around. He's got a, he's got a bow and arrow. Yeah, fair enough. And then he picks up like a laser rifle. Laser yeah, rifle. I mean that's one of the reasons why oh. I liked it. It's just, it's just so it, it's just so off the wall in a way that a lot of uh, Amiga home computer platformers tended to be compared to sort of like your. Uh, like your, your Nintendo Gold Standard, I mean, it was just sort of done oh. as a joke almost. <laughs> and this is one of your favorite platforms of all time. I mean, to be fair, it's 1988, so it's, it does look pretty impressive for 1988. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I'll, I'll praise you on your nostalgia for this one because I do have fond memories of this. But when I went back, I, I do remember the the first boss is like this whale. Yeah, floating, floating, and it eats you or something. I, can't I, I found that absolutely terrifying at the time. Yeah, yeah, but the <laughs> was definitely up there. It, it just had this kind of undercurrent of sinisterness that that I quite liked. Um, I, yeah. I first played it around a friend's house on a Commodore Amiga, which I found absolutely fascinating because I never really had any home computers. I, I always had home consoles, and it was just so different from something like Mario. Like, like say, you can get all these different weapons and there's vehicles to drive around in. And it, I'll absolutely this, give you props uh, for the fact that when he goes in water, he puts a little scuba kit on. Total Magazine, Total with an exclamation mark, gave it a 93% back in 1992. So 
Yeah, it's not that good. Nicola. We need a, we need an entire episode. Save, save the ball, skip it. No, <laughs> Total magazine need to calm the hell down. <laughs> I used to I used to get total actually. Um, it sadly missed. Your Sinclair also gave it ninety three percent. Never even that one. It was well thought of at the time. It was an arcade game originally, but um, the home console versions were quite well thought of. Okay, Dave, what's your next game? Uh, so my second favorite game uh, in the platformer space, I think, would be Super Mario Brothers three. Uh, we've touched on this a little bit already when we were talking about um, Mario World, I think. Um, I I would say 3 just pips it. I think it's similar in terms of scales or new additions to the Mario formula. Uh, but for me, I find the individual levels of Mario 3 a bit more varied, a bit more complex. There's more um, abilities for Mario to use. Uh, it was a proper revelation getting this game as a kid because um, it's the first time I really thought of a game as a world that somebody's created rather than a series of levels. Like it had the map screen, there was uh, sort of a, a mystery to it. There was sort of secrets in every corner, ways of like skipping the entire game, uh, sort of with the whistle power up. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Um, yeah, it's it just like a, a bit of a window into another world, and, and it was all like on a NES cartridge, which were pretty incredible. I always liked how it was all like a stage show. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that. you had the uh, curtains, didn't you? Came <laughs> down, and like people were on like. What people on like strings are on sticks or something. Like, yeah, it's it. like the background was like kind of like it was nailed on, didn't it? I see uh, Oliver's just posted a picture of New Zealand story in the chat uh, with with a simple tagline, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because it's a bird flying on what looks like a kangaroo's head with yeah. uh, against a pink whale frozen in ice shooting um, snowflakes yeah. at it. Yeah, so the pink whale eats you and then you go in its mouth. And you, and you have to shoot it from inside its mouth. And I thought that was absolutely terrifying as a child. Oh, my God. Anything more to say about Mario 3? Nothing more about Mario 3, is that it? I think so, unless anybody else has got any thoughts. No, no but we're like, yeah, I think we, we touched on it briefly already. But yeah, I, I had a Mario All-Stars. So it was like one of my favourites on the SNES because I, I didn't really have that many games on the SNES. And that's why I don't have that many fun memories of, of the snares because Mario Stars was one of my favourites. I feel like I probably missed out on a lot of the better ones. Um, okay, so we'll go for mine then. So, this, this, yeah, it's quite an exciting subject for me because platforming is probably my favourite genre. Um, uh, so, yeah, number five uh, is Shovel Knight. So, obviously, Shovel Knight's a more uh, recent platformer. It's... Uh, I guess it's loose, a loose spiritual successor to DuckTales in a way. Downwards pogo. Mechanics to it, isn't there? Yeah. I was really downwards. considering putting DuckTales on my list. So it's got, it's, it's got its downwards pogo stick mechanic for bouncing on people's heads. Um, it's also got I mean, it's, it's Metroidvania in a way, in terms of that you get upgrades, but there's no like uh, everything's just one off levels. You can, you can go back to the levels, but there's no like having to find your way through or anything. Um, yeah, I just think the platforming's um, really fun in the game. Um, it's got an interesting story, which you don't usually get for a platform game. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm primarily just talking about Shovel Knight rather than the Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, because that's like four games in one, but yeah, the, the, the Treasure Trove is brilliant too. Um, I, I, li- I, just, I like the whole Shovel Knight character. I've got a couple of Shovel Knight Amiibos, Shovel Knight t-shirt. Um, yeah, go Shovel Knight. So you guys have played that? Thoughts on Shovel Knight? I've, I've played Shovel Knight uh, and really enjoyed it. It, uh, it gets quite difficult um, later on. So it just gets quite, it's quite a hard game, which I think is quite unique to platformers in the fact that I, f- I feel like a lot of platformers get to the point where 
the the hard because it's something new will happen that you don't expect and you die, and then you do level again and you can do it that then afterwards. Whereas Shovel Knight is actually quite challenging in certain bits. I mean, I think that's that's most platforms. They usually, usually they teach them the mechanics early on, and then oh, well, the good ones anyway. Then they tend to ramp up the difficulty, and it it, it feels like an accomplishment. That's what I like about platforms. It feels like an accomplishment finishing it because they, they they tend to get quite brutal, especially the the old school old school ones, which Shovel Knight. As a modern game, is is an old school platformer. Yeah, yeah. I, definitely, I don't want to go back and play it again and finish it. Yeah, I, I recommend I, it. I'm about halfway through. I do need to go back and uh, play it. I've been enjoying what it is. It's got um, an endearing quality. It doesn't get repetitive. Um, maybe one or two levels, but the music's amazing. And yeah, it's such a good game. Dave, have you played something like? Yeah, never too much. It's a game that I always meant to go back to. Um, I, I've not got any real reason why I haven't played it through. It, I always meant to. Uh, it just, I don't know. Um, I, would I be right in thinking it came out around the same time as some other big hitters like Meat Boy or Braid, or was it a lot later than that? No, it was later than that. Later than, definitely later than Braid. I think it was, yeah, think yeah. It was like 20, I want to say 2012, 2013, around that time. It was, it was similar. It wasn't too long after the, the Wii launch. Sorry, the Wii U launch. Right, yeah. I, I'm just trying to scrabble around for reasons why I've not given it some proper time, because I'm sure there must be one, because I've enjoyed what I've played. Just uh, never done much of it, so I don't have an awful lot to add. Okay, well, yeah, I um, definitely recommend going back to it. I think it's got a two-player option as well, but I've never, I've never tried it, because I can't imagine Amy would be bothered about a ridiculously difficult game. So it, is, it is a very challenging game once you get later on. Um, okay, uh, next one then, uh, Super Meat Boy. So nice segue as we're talking about challenging games. Nice. Uh, yeah. so, uh, so yeah, Super Meat Boy um, was was the game that got me back into platforming. Uh, platformers seem to have died off. Well, 2D platformers seem to, seem to die off in the sort of uh, mid-90s. Uh, and then Super Meat Boy came out about 10 years later. And I just thought it was fantastic, just the, uh, the difficulty of it, the way that you... You die, but you're just instantly back on it. Then watching all your deaths at the end, uh, all in one big, big one go. It's crazy um, fun, and when, especially when you're talking about that sort of um, accomplishment feeling. Um, yeah, on TV platforms, it just really gives you it. Yeah, and it just it gets yeah, it gets so hard. The levels get longer and longer. There's no checkpoints in the levels. It's just basically if you die during the level, you're dead, and it it does send you into wild fits of rage with some of some of its difficulty, but it's so satisfying finishing a level. Um, and just platforming is just so slick. Um, and it just, it, it, that, that inspired a lot of my um, Mario Maker levels because uh, I, I just really like that sort of one hit kill. You have to do perfect platforming to, to, to finish the level. And that's pretty much what that is. It's all about perfection. Yeah, the good thing about time. it is, you're never fighting against the platforming either, are you? Because it's so tight as a platformer. Uh, the controls yeah. are so good. Yeah, so well made. It's just, yeah, love, love that game. It's just pure test of skill rather than pure test against uh, sort of the game bullshitting you or anything. It's just, you, you know, you, you know you can do it. You just got to pull it off. Yeah, because have... the actual, like, the character has no abilities or anything like that. It's just jumping and moving. Yeah, it's just okay. absolutely nailing that to the nth degree on all the, the the platformers are the additional um actual platforms themselves are the additional um like moves and stuff like that that you learn because these like new things that come out like moving bub saws and little bits that you can't touch or you can you can't slide on it and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm I'm dying for the sequel to come out. It's supposed to be this year, but I don't know what's going on with it. But Meat Boy Forever is supposed to be coming out soon. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm looking looking forward to that. 
I, I love how violent it is as well, where it just leaves a trail of blood everywhere and <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah, great little game. It's good to play against people as well with sort of time trial stuff. I mean, I mean, we used to just go around to Dave's and just play like, just pass the controller and just that was fun, just watching someone and get, getting behind them to do the level. I, yeah, it's good. All right, um, number three game, so I mentioned it earlier, um, Rayman Origins. Right. Uh, I personally think that Rayman Origins is the, the it is the best two D platformer. Um, I think in terms of mechanics, in terms of art style, uh, in terms of level design and variation, uh, bosses, the music, just every. I just think it it's, it's the perfect platformer. Um, it's, it's the only reason it's not my number one is just for nostalgia reasons. The, the two above it uh, um, above got nostalgia on the side, whereas Rayman Origins came out in I think 2006 or something um I I did I, I was tempted to put legends in because legends kind of it, it kind of improves on it but there's some things it doesn't improve on mainly just sort of I find the sort of the layout of the levels a bit annoying in in legends the way you have to kind of unlock different bits and you, you're doing a lot of backtracking around the, the hub a lot more than, than you are in origins but I just think it's yeah, an absolutely fantastic platformer. You guys played this one? Yeah, this was my probably first proper... Uh, what's the word? First proper introduction to Rayman. Because I never played the previous ones. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I played of it. I um, I didn't play a great deal of it. Um, but for some reason, it just it wasn't that appealing to me. Um, maybe it's the art style or the... Uh, the level design, I'm not too sure, but uh, I might need to go back to it, give it another shot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely what I want to go back to because I, I, when, I, when I initially played it through, I played it through co-op with, with um, Amy. And um, yeah, it, it, it worked really well as a, as a co-op game you, because you're both having to, there's a, there's a lot of um, fast-paced platforming, you, there's no like time for any of you to screw up, so you've kind of both got to get good and um, yeah, I enjoyed playing that through. And also if one of you dies and you've, you've, it gives you a an extra life almost. It makes it some of the levels a bit easier. I would like to go back and play it uh, just by myself. But yeah, it's just it's just still some of the levels in it are just so well made, and the, some of the platforming is just so again like Super Meat Boy, where there's just perfection in it. Um, I think yeah, like- I've, I've played. Um, I think uh, I wouldn't say a lot. I'd say I've played maybe the first 10, 10 12 levels on it. And it does. It does take you right back. Like obviously, I've I've played written first round quite a lot, and it ta- it does take you right back to those sort of levels. That it's the same level design, but just expanded for for um, the fact that there's modern machines that can play it on and stuff like that. But it's really, really does throw you back to those levels. It's nice. So just out of um, interest, um, yeah. so like both Steve and Oliver, and I think I'm in the same boat as well. So like we've we've said we've played a bit of it, but never really sort of felt to get any further and uh, there's a, there's kind of something I, I think it's quite a rare opinion because it's quite hard to find anybody who's got a bad word to say about Rayman but I, there's something about it I, I don't like very much I, I don't know what it is um, I, I think it might be something to do with the art style it's kind of got that kind of paper craft look to it hasn't it in places I think the art style's gorgeous hmm. I, I, I don't know um, I, I've, I've tried it and I've really been keen to Get into it, but uh, I, I don't know what it is. Um, uh, I don't I mean, know anybody might have any insight on why, uh, why, why did you guys stop sort of playing it through? 
I, well, I started playing it. I was enjoying it, and I tried to play it with uh, with my girlfriend, and she's terrible at games, so we stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, luckily, Amy is pretty good at platformers, and she, we, well, we, we both got better as it went on, so we, we completed that one. Um, but yeah, so I definitely recommend pressing on because the, the later levels are so good. Like like with most platform games, it don't they don't tend to get going until about halfway through. And when it forces you to, you, there's a lot of having to go back to the levels you've done to find the collectibles and getting to the collectibles is always a, a good challenge. And it's just, yeah, and, and the art style is fantastic. I don't know how anyone could dislike the art style. Well, um, it might be something that I need to go back to, but um, I might have probably moved on to something else is why I stopped playing. Um... I mean, it's usually the case. There's always, always other stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we've all got it on something. It's always... Free or cheap or something, so yeah, yeah I definitely, yeah, it's definitely, it seems I, like, it's definitely been given away on Xbox Gold. It seems like people rate it highly enough that, um, sort of like you know, you'd want to push through to the end once you started playing it because it is, it is a beautiful game, no doubt. Um, and it moves well, but there's just something about it that kind of stops me from wanting to play too much of it. I, I don't know what it is. Well, maybe you should make it a mission to, to play it through, Dave, and then we can have a nice discussion about it, perhaps. Perhaps, all right, so moving on to number two. Uh, so this is always my most deci- um, divisive, divisive, yep, divisive uh, game. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog on the Sega Mega Drive. So, so I've never understood quite why people have anything against Sonic. I, there's always a lot of complaints about it being just a game where you run really fast and don't really need to to do much. That seems like people have only played like the first world because it's literally as soon as you get to the second world. There's no running fast. Like you, once you're in the marble zone, there's no running anywhere. It's, it's, is it Sonic isn't fast? It's slow. It's it it's is. painfully slow. Yeah, it's quite a slow platformer. Um, I think one of the reasons why I've always preferred it to Mario um, is because it's not as linear. So, like, I know Mario had the um, Mario World, particularly had the ghost levels, um, but. Other than the odd level like that, most of them tend to just be there's one path to the end, where Sonic always had various paths and various secrets. So you could go back and do a level, and yeah, try a different way. You could if if you stuck to the if you managed to do all the jumps well and and do the platforming well and stuck to the high side of it, then you'd normally get better rewards. Whereas if you ended up falling down, you'd you won't get all the good stuff. Uh, there's always reasons to go back and smash through walls and find some secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just the music's fantastic. The uh, the, the 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 worlds are yeah. Even even the labyrinth zone with the underwater level it's annoying, but it, it it's such a the music's so good and the level design on it is really well done. It's um yeah. It's just you, see, a, you see, I agree that the the music's really good. The character the characters are great. Um, what I don't like is the level design because I think the level design is. If if the if the entire play area was zoomed out a bit more, it'd be a lot better, I think. Because here's a, here's a character that wants to go a million miles an hour down this windy road, only to then. Bump into that's what I'm saying. That's that's literally only on the first world. After that, there is it's not. It's not though, is it? Yeah, it's not. No. Yeah, it's definitely not. I've I've played. I've tried to play Sonic. I've really really tried to get into it. And all like I agree with Steve. Like you're going really, really fast. You're flying around the loops. You're being flung off things. You're hitting springs and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, bang, stops. It just feels yeah. uh, uh, right. 
again, it does. This does sound very first worldy, or maybe Sonic Two. Um, I, I don't. I've never found that with Sonic One. There's there's not that much racing about. Um, there is very much in the first first couple of worlds. Like, but do you find that odd for a game that's based on going really fast? No, because going really fast is the selling point that made it look really good. But then the actual gameplay me- mechanics behind it is what you get when you actually play it. And there's yeah, there's more to it than that. There's 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 different paths, there's different enemies, there's good boss fights. Like the Mario, but it's, not, but it's like compared to compared to if it's something where it's like a like you say like Mario there. If you start to go into Mario where. You, there's not many secret stuff in Mario, really. Like you could maybe there's a couple of bits where you can jump onto higher clouds and blah 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 that sort of stuff. But the mechanics, the 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 platforming mechanics are really really good. Whereas Sonic, sure, yeah, it's got loads of secret stuff. But to me, the platforming mechanics are just terrible. The platform mechanics are great. In fact, you can bounce off enemies. You can ricochet into other enemies. You can. You can never see them coming. Yeah, I think the problem with the gotta go fast thing, right, is is you can go fast, and you, you, there are ways to clear the level, sort of like never slowing down. Uh, but I think to do but that, only you've if you got know the to, level to the nth degree. Yeah, you, you've got to do it by trial and error. Um, there's um, by by think- learning rather than sort of being able to see what's coming up. If you could pull this kind of stuff off, I would agree. Uh, I think, I think so just just through skill by on 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 the cuff, it'll probably feel a bit more impressive to you. I think if you if you're playing Sonic with gotta go ment- gotta go fast mentality, you're playing Sonic wrong. Like if you're if you're, if, struggling... if you're playing Sonic with the, the the way that it was designed, no, it's not the way it's designed. It's its selling point. Its selling point is that it goes really fast. That that gets people to buy it. That's not the way it's designed to play. When the, if you're if you can't see an enemy coming, you're going too fast. Stop running so fast. Like you can say that about Mario World. That's the fun you, thing of the game. You hold down run all the time. You're going to run into a blooming Goomba. You've got to be. You got to be strategic about it. Like, you, yeah, you can, definitely you, you can see Mario. the Goomba coming. I, I suppose yeah. that's the yeah, that's the that's, main thing. My my whole gripe with Sonic is you can't see enough of the screen. It needs to be zoomed out a bit more. That that I'd love it probably if it were like that. If I could see an enemy and jump so I could hit him. I always find if if I'm playing a level on Sonic, and say for instance you are going fast or or you're just jumping across a, an open ravine, you don't know what's coming. Is there a, is there a pit below you? Is there a bunch of spikes? You just you, you don't have chance to react. It's always felt that way to me, at least. I mean, I suppose yeah, if you play if you play it more, you'd learn that sort of stuff. I mean, because that's the same thing with like Mega Man, isn't it? Like you you could jump and jump to your death, but then those games encourage you to keep playing them and like learn the levels and stuff. Mm. It just it seems like a, a game where you you want to go fast, but it punishes you for doing so. Yeah, I think there's, like there's it's telling t- you to go fast, but then like oh, you went faster. <laughs> There's, there's times in it to go fast and there's times to not go fast. Um and you've just got to learn the difference in that. And that's 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 generally my thoughts on Sonic. I think if you if you're racing if you're trying to speedrun the levels, there's no way you're gonna finish the game. You need you need to get I think it's uh, fifty coins to to get the uh, to get to the special stage. You can't yeah, yeah. you can do the first level in twenty four seconds, but you're not gonna be able to get fifty coins in twenty four seconds. You've got to you've got to slow it down, you've got to explore more rather than just just get excited by the the speed technique. That's why I'm I'm not as keen on Sonic Two, Sonic Three onwards because they added the uh, the down pressing down and pressing the rev button, so then you can shoot off. You can't do that in the original Sonic. In the original Sonic, you just you you start off slow and then you get a little bit faster. Whereas that the after that, then they encourage you to just constantly be going fast. And there's a lot more um, there's a lot more levels where you're not really interacting too much in in the later Sonic games and. I, don't I, I do feel like we're being a little bit harsh on Sonic here because um, yeah, I, I think maybe. the criticisms people are bringing up are, are valid um, and it's probably not something you would have cared about as much sort of like in, in the days of 16-bit 
um, where you were prepared to learn the levels by remote and know where to jump to kind of get get a get an impressive looking fast player through. Yeah. But um, I, I've played through the Sonic Collection, uh, two D games at least, and they're they're beautiful games. Uh, like like Steve says, the bosses are really good, which isn't that common for platform games. Uh, I think they're certainly better than the Mario ones. Um, it, it's perfectly entertaining games. I, I just don't think they're, they're quite on a level sort of with, with Nintendo ones. Well, um, I think at least not in terms of level design. In, in terms of art style, for sure, and, and sound, which is iconic. Yeah. Okay, that's my number two. So we'll go to people's number ones then. So, uh, Steve, we'll come back to yours because I'm pretty sure it's the same as mine. Dave, is yours just going to be the same as both of mine and Steve's? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what's yours and Steve's? All right, well, what's yours, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> what's yours, Dave? Uh, mine is uh, Donkey Kong Country 2. Okay, well, obviously, you could have said no, Dave. Of course it's not going to be Donkey Kong Country 2, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay Dave uh, tell us what Donkey Kong Country 2 okay um, so uh, l- like I said before uh, when we were talking about Donkey Kong Country 1 and Banjo-Kazooie um, like uh, this was an era where Rare as a software house uh, they were just at the height of the powers I think I, I think pretty much everything that they released were gold from um, the SNES era up to the N64 era um, and th- they could really go toe-to-toe with the, the first party games from Nintendo at the time um, it like it never had the shock of the new, uh, sort of with the art style of Donkey Kong Country One. Um, I, I believe at the time it was being touted as a game that might be released on the Nintendo sixty four. Uh, that's how good it looked to uh, at the time to people who only played sixteen bit systems. Um, but the second game was just a refinement, really, of what was so great about one. Um, uh, you might not necessarily um, associate uh, a Donkey Kong game with having atmosphere. Sort of, if you hadn't played through the games, but I, I think um, uh, the, these games really have an atmosphere comparable to something like Super Metroid or, um, or, or games of that ilk. Um, they've got some fantastically memorable levels. Um, I, I remember uh, ones where you're climbing through the rigging of a sailing ship while there's a storm going on, uh, barrel blasting through um, sort of mazes of brambles, and there's the beehive level towards the end with honey running down the screen, and and just emphasising it all was the really great soundtrack. Uh, I think I think uh, the composer's called David Wise. Um, uh, it was really well thought of in the industry, and um, uh, his, his soundtrack was a, a big part of what made it great. I think um, I can I can quite happily listen to the OST of that on on YouTube or wherever it might be available, uh, just as just as music, not even as not even as uh, computer game music. Um, I, I think yeah, Tropical I'd definitely Pre- like to go back and go and play the second one, seeing as I, I rate the first one so highly. If you do, I, I would absolutely recommend it. I, I think they kind of dropped the ball a little bit with the third one, uh, but the, the second one is just um, it, it's just one, but like dialed up to eleven with all the graphical tricks that they can do, oh, and so just how 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 refined everything is. Um, yeah. a, a fantastic game. I, I, I don't think anything's really uh, come close. There's games that probably play a little better. And um, there's, there's games that look better now, but um, it, it's just the, the everything coming together. Um, I think Tropical Freeze does run it close, but um, I, I think um, Dog and Country Two's got a little bit more imagination to it. Pips it slightly for me. Narrowly escaped my list did uh, Donkey Kong Country 2. Um, I've got lots of fond memories of flying through the, the Bramble level and the Beehive level. Really, really good. I don't, I don't think I've. I, I might. I get confused between the Donkey Kong Country One, Two, and Three. 
Um, they're, they're never games that I own, but they were ones that I like played around at people's houses. But I was never that bothered about them. I always pitied the people who had them because I was I had my superior Meg Drive with its superior platformer, so I wasn't too interested. <laughs> Nice try. Well, you you know the things the things you believe when you were a child, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean it's 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 one of those games like people have either played it and thought yeah it was pretty good. So sort of, it controls a bit dodgily um, compared to Mario. Um, so like the, the kind of quasi realistic look never really did much for me. Or it's either that or get somebody who will absolutely gush about it and put it like so near the top of the favorite games of all time. Yeah, um, Oliver, your number one game. Uh, my number one game has already been mentioned. It's uh, Super Mario World. Oh, you could have said. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> right. I catch as a surprise. Is there anything else you want to say about it that's not already been said then? Um, like I think, like a lot of people, it's, it's number one for me because of a lot of nostalgia reasons. It was one of the games that, like me and my brother, played absolutely loads of when we had the Super Nintendo. Um, it's. It, it, I just think it really it got me. It, I'd probably say it's the game that got me into gaming. Initially, it's the game I, I probably the first game I've spent more than like probably more than 10 hours on. I'd say, yeah, like, I spent hundreds of hours probably on it, actually, realistically. But it's the one definitely one I spent more than 10 hours on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, it's another one I didn't own, but I played at people's houses. But I remember getting pretty fast. I, f- I feel like maybe I finished it or got near the end at my cousin's. Um, yeah. and I, I did really enjoy it, and I always, I always wanted it, but for some reason, I never, yeah, I never got it. I, th- I think. By the time I'd I'd kn- I knew much about it, the PlayStation was on its way out, so my uh, my SNES was was getting traded in. Too babyish for me as well. Okay, so, <laughs> not fast yeah, enough. It, it didn't quite have um, Sonic's attitude, did it? No, I mean Sega does what Nintendo don't. So True. okay. Oh wow! Let's go out. I think you should bleep that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Steve, should we uh, on 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 the cat of three? Should we both name the number one platform on our list? Okay, one, two, three. George of the Jungle and the Search of the Secret. (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to say, McKids. So I assume yours is Mario sixty four as well. Yeah, (laughs) not mentioned it yet. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a bit disappointed you didn't uh, throw um, Little Nemo, the Dream Master, in there, Steve. I know you're a big fan of that one. That's going to be my um, review, my childhood game. Oh, excellent. Oh, okay, sorry. Spoilers. Sorry, spoilers. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so Mario 64 for me, um, it's it's one of my favourite games for nostalgia reasons, and I still think it's just, it's, it's the best 3D platformer uh, ever made uh, for non-nostalgia reasons. I, mean, I find, I know the camera's a bit annoying still, but other than that, I just think the, the level design is exactly what I want from a 3D platformer, the way it's I know, I know a lot of people liked the new Mario game, but um, it, that was that was too open world. I want open yeah, world. I didn't enjoy the new Mario game that much, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, like, I enjoyed parts of it. Like, I mean, the ending bit was fantastic. Um, with the weird music and the yeah. Bowser stuff. But um, yeah, just the... It's, it's open world, but it's not open world to an extent where there's blooming moons and stars everywhere. You've, you've, it's not a collectathon. It's not a, yeah, it's not a collectathon. You've got your you've got your tasks, and the levels change uh, depending on what those tasks are. Um, and yeah, it's just I think it's just so so well done. Uh, I, I love the, uh, the the design of the hub with the, the castle and 
uh, and the, the boss fights with Bowser and swinging him around by his tail and the other boss fights. I mean, that for me, that, that, that was all my Mario boss fights got relevant up until that point. No one cared about Mario boss fights. Like the, the, the Super Mario World ones of jumping on heads of Cooper kids was Cooper yeah, kids, yeah. nothing for me. Um, Steve? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was like every level that you went into is a. It's like a completely new world. Um, the level design in it's proper out there. I mean, come on. Yeah. Pretty good. And um, yeah, it was just. It, it was a great time to own an N sixty four. I find usually going back to old games, I get sick of the first couple of levels because I I play them so many times. Yeah. Uh, whereas that doesn't happen in Mario 64. I, I, I could happily keep going back and just playing those first couple of levels, doing the yeah. racing the Cooper and fighting the bomb guy on top of the building, on top of the uh, mountain. Um, I remember the, the specific moment when you go into the, the hallway of the castle and you look at the roof. Yeah, it teleports you into it. Puts you into an entire level and you think, oh, brilliant, I figured out this secret level somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Great. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a couple of stuff like that. Um, spoilers. Sorry, Oliver. But I remember specifically one level, and um, it's the first water level that you go to, and it's got that big creepy fish at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. the big creepy eel. And I remember feeling nervous about diving yeah. that far down. Oh, yeah. just, nothing makes you feel like that, really. Yeah, seeing that giant, um, like like a giant whale or something on one of the levels, and just seeing it go past you is just terrifying. It's just so yeah. big. Um, I think I think Mario sixty four. I would attribute to my love of Nintendo that that was the game that got me into Nintendo. Prior to that, I, mean, I had I had a net. Well, my brother had an NES. I had a SNES, um, but nothing really, nothing really sold me on it. I always preferred the Mega Drive. I always preferred the Archimedes. I always preferred other stuff to to what I had on those, and then. Yeah. When in 1996, I think it was maybe 97, when the N64 came out, and we, my brother got it at launch, and he was working at the time, so he could actually afford one because I think it was, it was something like 350 quid for the console, and then 60 quid a game or something. I thought, despite your love of Nintendo, Steve, you didn't really like Mario games. Yeah, that, well, 2D Mario games. Right. Okay. Yeah, my, my, to be fair, I don't like most of the 3D ones. There's, there's, there's about there's three Mario games I really like. This. Sunshine and um, Mario 3D Land, sorry Mario 3D World. Um, but but the, yeah, this this one is easily the pinnacle compared to those ones. Yeah, I keep I keep trying to get into it. I think I think because I I just struggle with retro games in general. It's nothing against Mario um, Mario 3D, whatever the hell it's called, Mario 64. Yeah. Um, Nothing against that. I, I just I just struggle to get into the games. I've got a I've got a working Nintendo sixty four. I've got the game. It's all hooked up. I could literally switch it on and play it right now. I just don't want to. I mean, maybe when the uh, when the remastered one comes out, which is heavily rumored, uh, yeah, that, that maybe that'll be uh, the one that gets you into it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if if it, if it did come out remastered, I'd, I'd definitely get it probably on release and play. Are they it. planning on completely remastering that with with new graphics, or is, will it just be a, a part of the? The game, um, I'd, I'd imagine it'll be a, like a yeah, similar they did with the Wind Waker and stuff like that. Yeah, will there yeah. be smooth surfaces <laughs> like curved surfaces? Yeah, I would imagine it's going to be yeah a proper remaster. Like the don't generally just re-release them unless it's part of like a virtual console or whatever. 
If it makes it any easier, Oliver, um, they have actually just released um, a source code part of it to the PC. I don't know if anybody's seen this. I've heard uh, about but it. But it's, it's not just emulated. They've, they've got all of the source code for the game, and they've got it running on a PC. So I, I assume that'll open the door to all kinds of mods, um, graphical mods, um, anything really, new, new levels. I mean, if I don't join the original game, I'm not going to go through and mod it and put all the crazy <laughs> shit on it. Mm-hmm. On I suppose, but you might be able to make it more uh, palatable to, to modernise, but it sounds like that's what the remaster's going to do anyway. Yeah, I mean, if, if they sort out the camera, um, that's all I'm bothered about, really, to be honest. I mean, it'd be nice to lose the, lose the uh, horrible polygons and stuff, but yeah, if they can sort the camera out so I can just have a free camera rather than have the really annoying, oh, sorry, your camera can't turn anymore this way, big red X thing. Uh, yeah, I think aside from the camera, the only thing um, so that that could be considered flawed about it these days, because um, it's not the controller. I think it controls just as well as any other Mario game, really. But it's the uh, yeah, it's the, it's the graphical style. I mean, it, it was it was good at the time. Um, it, it looks very angular now, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it does, for yeah. something yeah. for something uh, as with as much charm and sort of. I mean, if you're going to compare it, it's, it's compared to, to Banjo Kazooie, and to me, Banjo Kazooie looks better. Yeah, I would say the same. Yeah, I always just felt Banjo Kazooie world looked really empty. That was—I mean, I've only played like the the start, but that was my initial impression of it. it just the world looked really bare. But yeah, well, if you've only played literally the first level bit, then it will be because it's like a training one. Right. Okay. But um, yeah, so yeah, Mario Six Four is on my list top of my list for those reasons and like yeah like i said we um it was the first game we got with the n64 on launch and we, i played it to death i don't think i've well i, I know i haven't i've never gotten all 150 stars on it no. um i think i managed 112 as a kid and then i managed it's 120 right isn't it i got 119 once um, I, 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 <laughs> yeah right yeah so, so um, sorry go on. So, no no you go uh, <laughs> So, so yeah, I think I, I feel like I got about around 108 ish, um, and then for some reason, I, th- I, think, I think me and my brother went to university or something, so he took his N64 with him, and then I tried it again on Virtual Console, and I got around the same number on the Wii, um, but yeah, I've never managed to get to get all of them. So it, it was just so good to have a, a hard limit of something to achieve because I, I remember Super Mario Odyssey. Um, I thought there was a set number of moons that you can get. Um, but it turns out that's not true because you can go and buy moons on one of the on one of the uh, planets, can't you? Uh, so you can you can get to you can get to nine 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 moons and then it'll never go up again. And um, so I, I thought I was being clever buying up all the moons in the shop, um, hmm. thinking they would be moons to actually collect. But um, it turns out that that number could go up forever. So having that hundred twenty hard limit, you know, you can say I can stop there. Um, well, I guess on Mario Odyssey you stop once you've done all the like level moons rather than all the ones you buy. Yeah, true. But, but yeah. it's it's like the, it's, it's, nice. it's, it's what nice you were saying earlier with it being being less of a collectathon. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, that's uh that's my number one game. Is that everyone's number one? That's all of them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So guys, any uh any games that you're going to play after after we've, now we've been through these lists? Anything that's piqued your interest? If you if you play through Banjo Kazooie, I'll play through um, Mario sixty four. <laughs> Okay, deal. If you play through Mr. Nuts, I'll play through Rayman no Origins. Deal. If you try out Flashback, <laughs> okay, I'll deal. try out Rayman <laughs> Origins again. Right, okay. Yep, I will I will play these games and then play the we... first Rayman, not Origins. I'll All play right. that I'm gonna play every game mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be seeing me for a while. 
Uh, okay, we'll, we'll we'll play some of these and then uh, we'll maybe give our impressions on a future podcast. So before we shoot off, I'm just going to uh, mention for the next podcast. So um, we're going to do a review my childhood. And one of the childhood games I played on the Acorn Archimedes was Mad Professor Moriarty. Or Mariarty, not sure which one it is. What about my, uh, my, um, rate my childhood thing? We talked about it before, then it just never got done. Uh, we were not mentioned on the show yet. The viewers don't know anything about that. But yeah, we will do one of yours as well, don't worry. Everyone gets one. Um, yeah, so the next one's going to be uh, Mad Professor Mariarty, um, which I played on the Acorn Archimedes, but I believe it came out on Amiga and other stuff. Uh, I know, Steve, you've already had a, a bash on it. What, what did you play it on? It's up, uh, it's up on my stream. I played it on the Amiga. On the Amiga, yeah. So um, yeah, we'll we'll keep all uh, opinions on that uh, till then. I'm going to give it a go as well because I've I've literally not played this game since I was like five. Uh, I'm not really sure what to expect. I just remember playing a lot of it because um, I had like two games on the Archimedes um, that I understood how to play. Um, oh, I've got stuff to say about this. <laughs> this was one of them. <laughs> all I remember. That's positive. All I remember about it was uh, I, I feel like it was a collectible platformer. Um, I remember the music being really good, and I remember it being really hard. Uh, that's that's basically all I can remember. So I'm I'm looking forward to sort of going back to it and see if anything clicks. Is it anything just, to do with Sherlock Holmes? Nothing at all. No, it's not. No. It's, it's, mad, it's it's Mariarty, not Moriarty. It's just about that's this. Uh, it's about this. Uh, from what I remember, it's like invent a guy who, and, he, and all his inventions start coming to life and trying to kill him or something. Is that about right, Steve, from what you played? Well, it seems like you need to put something together by going into each one of your lab rooms. Right, okay. Uh, good luck with that. Okay. Anyway, leave us something to talk about on the next podcast, <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, so it's going to be fantastic. You're all going to love it. And we're going to give that a, a, a gem or junk. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, for the next for the next one, uh, we'll do another multi-tap, and that multi-tap game is going to be chosen by Oliver. Oliver, what's your multi-tap game going to be? Duck game. Duck game. Yeah. What a surprise. Yeah. Okay, so um, that's been our podcast. Uh, I've been your host, Stephen. Uh, thanks, been thank just... you to Oliver, Dave, and Steve for joining me. You're very welcome. Thank well. you. And we'll catch you next time on the Super Fun Time Club. See you later. Bye. Bye. Fade music in. <laughs> Cheers, dude. I'll remember that. Jeff Hardy, I've heard of.